Today's episode of Slot Shot Podcast is brought to you by Mr. Quint's Bait and Tackle. If you're not one for day tripping and pleasure riding, if you want the fin, the tail, the whole damn thing, head on down to Mr. Quint's Bait and Tackle this December for all your commercial fishing supply needs. Until Christmas, try their Spanish Lady Special. Buy one fire extinguisher, get a free fifth of apricot brandy free. If you want to stay alive, then any up. Mr. Quint's Bait and Tackle. No liquor sale to any miners. Proper ID required at the point of sale. Welcome back to Slot Shot Podcast, a hockey podcast. We're back in studio after Thanksgiving break. We've got a little rundown for today's episode, and as always, we'll check in with uh, with our co-hosts. But tonight's schedule, a packed full house after uh, taking Thanksgiving break off. We come back. There's a coaching change. There's a little bit of a new signing in potentially Motown. We're talking about some Bruins struggles, a little playoff, uh, playoff check-in to see where we're at after the Thanksgiving 20-game uh, mark. And uh, as uh, as usual, the Saturday picks, Terminator of the Week, they'll make their uh, reappearance, loose change, but we've got a new one, appointment viewing, a new one that we'll let Armdog uh, explain when we get there, but uh, exciting podcast on deck for the boys and, and for, uh, for you listeners out there, we're excited to be back. Boys, how was the turkey? How was the week off? How was the break? Ross, you, uh, you go first. You go first. Let's see. Let's hear how it was. Elite new um, garlic mashed potatoes from my, my my cousin was the underdog upset of the week. Um, really, really tremendous. Um, hats off. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a great week. Jam-packed. Saw a lot of friends out uh, on the East Coast. But happy to be back in the Central Time Zone with you, beauties. Glad to have you back. Army, you are south of the – south in Florida? Yeah, in Florida, you know. Getting your rays, getting your, your sun. Getting some rays. It's actually a little bit chilly, but, you know – when it's seventy and you're complaining about it being cold, you know seventy and overcast, you're you're not complaining in November. Yeah, I think you got um, bigger things to worry about. A lot bigger things, um, but yeah, it was good. You know, got some golfing, got some fishing in, ate a shit ton of food. Definitely way too much, um, but that's good. You know, I, I'm a sucker for gravy and stuffing too. Mm. Give me all the mm. stuffing. Like, can, can gravy stop being seasonal? You know, mm-hmm. I, I agree. Stuffing I think as well. I mean, be... you can really only find stuffing not not too often. The, I'm less know. of a stuffing guy. I'm a huge. Stuffing I'm a year guy. round gravy guy. I and yeah. it shows. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm not against that. And uh, you know, I think you know. Hopefully, the boys didn't gain too many lbs for the uh, for the beer league's sake. And hopefully, we'll still be firing once those uh, those games pick back up. But uh, no, like like we said, an exciting uh, Thanksgiving break. We hope everyone had a, a great holiday in, in the United States. Um, for anyone up in Canada, we hope you guys had a nice little week as well. Tons of hockey to watch, tons of uh, tons of action, tons of news, as we talked about. Let's get into the podcast. Let's get into uh, the nitty gritty, and that that starts with uh, you know I, I think of rivalries in sports, and I think of uh, I think you know the the big one that that hits the mark, you know, New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox, Ohio State, Michigan Wolverines. At one point, hell, hell of a game on Saturday. Hell of a game. Hell of a game. Hell of a game. 
Michigan pulled it out, by the way. Although replay did its best to ruin it, but we're not going there. <laughs> and uh, back to uh, back to the rivalry talk. You know, for a long time, the uh, the Blackhawks and the Detroit Red Wings were you know one of those one two big rivalries in the NHL, and it was uh, was a big historic rivalry. You know, it saw domination from the Red Wings towards the end of it, and then unfortunately, after I think. I don't remember what exact year the uh, the reshuffling of, of the Western and, and Eastern conferences kind of happened, but Detroit was shipped off to the Atlantic. Columbus was shipped off as well, and unfortunately, you just don't see the uh, the heat, the emotion, the the rivalry of the Detroit Red Wings and the Chicago Blackhawks. So why do I bring that up? You ask. Well, that's because Patrick Kane, you know, a storied hawk, a guy that will always be respected in my heart, is officially a pansy. He put on uh, the Detroit Red Wings colors. He's a guy who grew up, uh, came into the league, hearing the Detroit sucks chants, being on both sides of the battle, beating them finally in the the run in 2010 to, on their way to the Stanley Cup. And he joins his fellow partner in crime from uh, back in Chicago, Alex DeBrinkett. Patrick Kane signs a one-year $2.75 million deal to join the Detroit Red Wings Wed wings, red wings. Alex, I know you're jumping over the moon with something we kind of touched on. Apparently, it sounded like it was. Uh, he's. We actually eh, there. He is Patty Kane on on the TNT faceoff. But um, no, it, it painful, painful. It's one of those. You know, it, for me, for me personally, it feels like uh, a Red Sox joining uh, Babe Ruth joining the uh, the Yankees. But I know people won't necessarily understand that and, and accept that uh, that opinion. But eighty eight goes to red and white, and I want to puke. Yeah, I feel for you on this one. Um, it's something that thankfully never happened with the Red Wings from like their prime era. They, it just never happened. They all retired wings, and it was a lovely thing, this heartbreak I didn't really have to, to feel. Um, so I feel bad for you in that sense, you know, totally. And it's kind of a weird signing because Kane is coming off a hip surgery that nobody really knows if he's going to come back and like be able to play, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody has yet. In Brutal track record. Yep. It's it's like nothing. Latest uh, latest victim, I think, Nick Backstrom. Yeah, yeah. Nick Backstrom came back. He couldn't skate, but uh, Patty Kane says he's feeling good. You know, it's kind of a weird situation because like I grew up hating this dude, and I, I I do not like him as a player for most of his career. But it's one of those things. Now that he joins your team, you're like, oh, we have Patrick Kane, um, and I'm excited. I hope he plays and like can actually play. Like if he's fifty to seventy five percent of himself, it'll be fun to cheer for this guy because. It'll be the first time I can really like fully appreciate him without like my hater lenses on, um, which is an unfortunate side of like sports fandom. You you do lose some of the most fun players to watch just because you hate them. You can never fully appreciate them. So I'm hoping I get some uh, PK in my life that I can I can really love some Showtime, some hockey. That's hockey, baby. I want to cry. Good. I want to cry. Go ahead, Ross. Well, I think just one thing to drill this a little home. He's, I think he's going to be playing with the Brinkett. Obviously, a little Hawks connection there. But I think their center is going to be JT Confer, a Chicago area native as well. So it's just a whole little reunion. Um, I do have some more things to get into just about his opening press conference because I think they need to be brought to light um, at your expense, if I'm sorry. But uh, Ross, Always, ahead. always. No, I, mean, I don't want to interrupt Armour. I want him to kind of pour it on. They're just pretty much following a tradition of Hall of Fame Blackhawks that 
go over to the Red Wings. You know, Chris Chelios started the parade, and um, now you've seen and, the, and the, the, the the cat head over, and um, here comes here comes Showtime. As you as you say that, you know, I think you know this this is one where you know Debrinket I could kind of accept as a guy who grew up grew up uh, close to Detroit, a Red Wings fan from. Uh, from birth, it, it makes a little bit more sense on the Debrinkin front. Chelios, a uh, Chicagoland native, growing up, that one was a little painful. Um, but and, and, and you know, Chelios had been on the record in the '90s saying he would never play for De- Detroit. Oh yeah, he knew he knew, and that was the middle of the you know that was a heated time of the Detroit Red Wings. And then his, fall, his falling out with Rocky and with the Hawks, yep. and then going to Detroit, and he even referenced it around the decision to retire his jersey that it wasn't very you know there was such a hot rivalry. His like family and relatives and his whole operation in Chicago like took a real beating and, and yep. like Chicago people were really pissed at him. Yep. And uh, you know, Chicago didn't feel like home for a number of years for the Chili Eye. Um, and so it's it's, well, it's it's fitting you bring up Chris Chelios because as I said a little bit off pod, Patrick Kane's first game back in Chicago happens to be the Chris Chelios jersey retirement night in February. The boys might have to absolutely be in the building for this go. one. Um, I will be uh, you know probably under the seat throwing up or have a trash can near me, but uh, you know it, it's it's painful and and to, uh, before we send it to the press conference you're streaking of, you're streaking over the glass I'll boost you up uh, I'd like to be able to return to the United Center uh, I, I would like to think it's not worth losing it to Patrick Kane but three Stanley Cups you can't forget it but uh, no I quickly before I send it over you know yes you talked about it with uh, former Red Wings players they retire as Red Wings fans and I you know I, I put a lot of blame on the Chicago Blackhawks organization for for allowing this to ever happen. And, and, you know, I think when you look at it, look at the history, look at all the studs that were on this team for so long, none of these guys that, you know, unless they really wanted to, which in Keith's case, he wanted to go to, to Canada to finish playing and be closer to his family. But these are guys that they should have been franchise legends. They should have finished in a, a Blackhawks uniform, and it is a damn shame and, and, uh, and frankly gross to see uh, Patrick Kane in fucking Detroit Red Wings colors. And I see it on the screen, and I'm trying not to look over to my left. So what did he have to say in his fun and exciting introductory conference in, uh, in New York, which should have been in Detroit, I think? Yeah, it's kind of fun. I mean, they're playing the Rangers and Hawks. It's all very back. fitting. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's kind of crazy. It doesn't seem real. Him in those Red Wings colors looks a bit odd. Uh, but just a couple highlights from it. As a Wings fan, before I get into like the the sad part for you, he he decided to come, and this is what's exciting. He wanted to come because he liked the way the coaching staff was moving. And apparently, like Iserman, I know some people are starting to question the Iser plan, but I was listening to Elliot Friedman on this, and I think the more I see it, I, I believe in it. They just say Iserman is like, you don't really say no to the guy. When he gets in the office with people, they they say yes. And he went out to Toronto to go talk to Patrick Kane. Um, during these negotiations, and it's just a good sign that in the past year we've had we've signed a lot of free agents. We have DeBrincat essentially force his way to Detroit, and then you have Kane come to Detroit. It's a it's a experience we haven't had in a while where top name free agents want to come back, and it shows that that value of that franchise that was built up over a lot of years is still there after like six to eight horrible years. Just one thing on the aura of Iserman, right? You always heard this about his leadership back in the day as a player and one of the all time greatest greats, and like that presence that he brings into a room where nobody on a team full of Hall of Famers, right? Nobody wants to look him in the eyes after a loss. Nobody wants to uh, you know, zag when he's zigging, you know? And um, and I, I think that's a powerful detail in, in the close, you know, in, in the in the close of this of this deal uh, that, you know, I, 
it's great for you to have Iserman back, and now you're starting to kind of rebuild that thing, and I think he deserves some credit for that. Totally. totally. Hey, let's remember it's a one-year, 35-year-old Patrick Kane coming off a of hip surgery. Just let's it is, but let's be realistic. Have, you know. He could have signed with so many. Like he had offers. He probably had 10 offers from contending teams. It it um, sounded – it had the nitty details of, of everything having come out, but it sounds like potentially, you know, Dallas was maybe an option. You know, he met with Toronto first off. It didn't – you know, that didn't seem – I think that's just um, – Tree Living just being in the conversation, he, he seemingly has a reputation of always needing to be in these conversations. Uh, since he was in, in Toronto already, I think that just made it easier. Buffalo kind of played themselves right out of that conversation. I don't think the the ship is completely sailed on Buffalo because this is a one-year deal, and you know he'll probably re-attack re this situation again in, in the free agency, and especially seeing how how he kind of rebounds from this hip injury, as we talked about, you know, Nick Backstrom, a guy who who had it a few years ago, he has never been correct, and and unfortunately now has stepped away from the game from injuries and and just not being able to find uh, the likes of what he used to be able to have, and 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 so it, big question marks surrounding what what Kane's hip has, and then we'll find out next week. But you know, it's a uh, All Star Stanley Cup winning addition to this Detroit team that needs a little more experience, and, and they're getting it, and eighty uh, eight's a it's a wing. Quick, quick thing on the contract before Army gets into the press conference, which we got to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, you know, I think the one-year nature of it, I think there are a number of dynamics to it. It's got to be a trial run. We all mm-hmm. know in the NHL you can't commit long-term to risky, to risky contracts. It'll, it'll bury you. Um, and so Kane knows the hip situation. Everyone else in the league knows the hip situation. Over 35 is like an extra clause about teams Correct. not being able to get out of it. We don't need to bore our listeners with that. And then the other factor that we've talked about previously is, like, you know, the cap going up next year. And a lot of teams' finances being one year out from a big reset for mm-hmm. pretty much all 32. Um, so I think that those are definitely like though that's why it's absolutely a one-year deal. But if things work out, if Kane can play, um, if the season is continues to be successful, and like not everybody in the wings gets injured, and, like the whole thing goes off the rails. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's I, I think it's more likely than not this is the last team he plays for if things work out. I think if things work out, I, I totally agree. And I'll, I'll, this is a good segue into the press conference here. Can I do, give two stats real quick? And I liked the little insight. Two, or sorry, Kane, four of the five seasons together, 75-plus points. To bring it to 41 goal seasons. To Ross's point, if they can unlock that chemistry again, I think it's a no-brainer, but sorry. And they were showing stats today on, on goals assisted by Kane. To bring it's like 30 goals behind Taze. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, like in, oh, obviously it, a, a much a smaller goal. sample size. And you know, they work perfectly together. I, I'm glad you bring that up. I know we want to go to the press conference and, and looking at the style of games. You know, with with these smaller players, a guy like Alex Dabrinkit is a guy who's going to be a shoot first player, and that that leads to goals. That leads to high, you know, scoring chances. And and what you see from Dabrinkit's ability to score. You know, I think Taze early in his career was really lighting the the lamp, but then kind of just transferred his role to a complete player. You're never going to get a back check from a Patrick Kane. You're never going to get a full, you know, get in the middle, get nitty-gritty, get get deep into uh, no a back boats. check. No selfie, no selfie boats. boats between the two of them. No no PK time on ice. Although, Dabrinkat could kill penalties. Uh, I don't think so. He kind of gets tossed around like a ragdoll. I mean, I mean these, these are all the complaints that Kane's had his whole career. Mm-hmm. His first battle Hall of Famer, no yep. questions yep. asked. One of the most valuable pieces of those Hawks runs. No no question about it. I think now looking you at live it. with it. You absolutely do, and I, you know, at two seven five, you take that stab in the dark any day of the week. There's no absolute There's no question. There's no risk about for it. the Red Wings. You no, bench, not at all. You bench him and say the hip's not good if you need yep. to. And you know, I think Simple. he's he is. I don't know where his, you know, in terms of his 
mentality of uh, where, well, understanding if it's, you know, Nick Backstrom took a long time to understand that he didn't have it. And, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see, I, you know, for the sake of the league, for the sake of the player, you know, I will always love Patrick Kane. I want him healthy, but I hope he's healthy. I hope you guys light it up and just choke. That's all I can say. I don't think that'll happen. But anyways, like I don't think it'll choke. But press conference, some some key points here. Sif, Put me in my grave. Yeah, hold on. Mm. Uh, Strapping him. So Kane was was gushing pretty much about the Red Wings and their franchise and how he always admired the franchise. And this is me paraphrasing, but how he always looked up to the franchise. I didn't realize he, he spent a lot of time playing youth hockey in Detroit growing up too. So he Buffalo, has, Detroit, not not the farthest no, journey in the world. I didn't really no, but he he moved to Detroit as a as like a thirteen year old to play youth hockey. So he had a lot of time, and he said he loved the Joe, and he's like the Joe was one of my favorite rinks. I went to a bunch of ca- games when I was living there, and he loved it. So like I think there is a fandom there. Then he also said when he was looking to move on from the Blackhawks, the Red Wings were always in the back of his mind as a team that he wanted to go for years now. For years he's had the Red Wings on his mind. So this wasn't just like, oh, I popped up, I need to prove a deal, the Wings seem like a good fit. He's kind of been looking at the Red Wings for a while. He complimented the jersey, said it's one of the best in the league. It was it was just, like, as a Hawks fan, I would have been seething the way he gushed about Detroit. And, like, it wasn't like, oh, this was a good opportunity for this year. It was like, yeah, I've always admired this franchise and I've always wanted to play for them. I was shocked by it. I love it as a Wings fan, but... I, I would be pissed if I was a Hawks, like really pissed right now. One quick ornate comment about Kane's career. God forbid it, it sticks with the Red Wings and he, and he doesn't play for another team. What a jersey career for one of the most beautiful players to watch, mm. only ever playing in the Original Hawks, six. in the yep. Rangers, and the Wings. Probably my three favorite jerseys in the league. Yeah, I, would I think it's a pretty, I mean, pretty we've fair got, bet. We've, oh, we've only got two of them up, and then the flag, so we're, like, we're representing a little bit. I yeah. mean, that's about as good as you can do. It's, it's one it, of them It's up. as good as you possibly can do, in yeah. my opinion. So, um, no, I, I didn't mean, want to detract from that, but you know, it's just funny. Like, like, last week on, like, the Instagram feeds, I got, you know, this old, like, it was, you know, after he scored some clinching goal in a Western Conference final to send him to the cup, he's doing the post-game interview, and the barn is just rocking on Madison. The madhouse is bumping. He can barely hear the interview questions, and all he's saying is, you know, 24-year-old rock star with his mullet, like, just scored the game-winning goal, former number one one pick, like, doing everything, like, you know, leading the con Smythe race at the time, just scored the clincher to get him to the cup, and he's just like, we love you fans. You guys make this city the best. We did it for you. I know we haven't been good at home, but you guys got this one for us. And we're going to get the next one for you. And the barn is just going off the walls. And I don't know if there's been a more loved athlete in another place um, in recent in recent memory. You brought up Red Sox Yankees. And, you know, again, I was 13 years old at the time, so I want to give myself, like, a justification for the feeling there, unlike you now, you know, 10 years older. Um where it was, it was Johnny Damon signing with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. That was that was the big first gut punch from those you know epic from the epic of four team. Um, but Johnny Damon doesn't have shit on Patrick Kane, right? No. That, that would be like David Ortiz <laughs> or like Manny, you know. Um, it's painful. Or, yeah, Pedro, but Pedro, whatever. We don't need to do that. But uh, anyway, I, I the, yeah. So uh, it's just and, and also the schedule. Like it couldn't get like no better drama. Like I don't I don't I don't want to give Gary credit for tampering. But, like, the schedule and the timing of it, that's very NBA slash WWF-esque. Um, but, hey, good for the league. Good for the league. 
if he if he plays well, for, I mean, it's a great storyline. It just is. I, I I get you hate it, Sif, but it's a great storyline for the league. It's an at bat for the league with the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth, two outs, and you know down down by one, and the chances aren't great, but this could be a really huge you know slim dunk. Gutless. Absolutely I had, I had gutless. people who don't watch hockey text me about this. That's I all mean, I gotta like, say it, about it. It's just huge, gutless shit. He's a it's, huge name. It's awesome. It's fucking awesome. And uh, you know, it, it's seven to ten days is expected debut for for Detroit's next uh, next edition, uh, number eighty eight, Spronger. I guess he's wearing seventeen, is what the board showed. Uh, so he he gave Kane the number. I'm really surprised he didn't dig his heels in on that. You know, Spronger what? apparently, before he stepped in the building, had let them know before he had saw Kane. So and Kane, well, Kane did get, say yeah. in the press conference he is uh, going to uh, figure out some sort of compensation once he settled in. Class, class act move, but if I were Sprong, I would have leveraged that a little bit more. I have Kane buy me a summer house or something. Oh, a freaking uh, buy me a cottage. Who's yeah. the guy? Cam Newton got like he was. I think they. What is this? The back? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Patrick Kane, Detroit Red Wings, signs one year, two point seven five million dollar deal. Should be about two point oh five in terms of what the games have been played at this point of the payout, but uh, Patrick Kane, a Detroit Red Wing, and hopefully making uh, Detroit's push a little bit stronger towards this season's playoffs, which uh, looking good so far for the Red Wings and and could potentially look a lot better as, as things continue on. Patrick Kane to Detroit. Uh, not moving off from completely the Chicago Blackhawks um, because uh, after after you know the Thanksgiving break uh, in Columbus, the Chicago Blackhawks removed Corey Perry, forward Corey Perry, long time uh, the worm. From uh, from the lineup after a uh, a, uh, a investigation was launched into some of Perry's uh, off ice um, moments antics antics yep thank you and uh, so Corey Perry on uh, yesterday it was announced with uh, Kyle Davidson with a press conference uh, at four o'clock a very very awkward and very weird press conference and I'll get into where I where I have my thoughts on that but. Um, Corey Perry is put on uh, waivers and is scheduled to have his contract terminated. The details of what has happened, the, you know, obviously the rumor mill has has flowed, and you know, unfortunately, number ninety eight's family, uh, Connor Bedard, you know, Chicago's hopeful savior, got drugged, dragged straight through the mud, and and was a part of this rumor. That's all I'm going to say about it. And you know, I I hope you guys respect the fact that this is a guy who's eighteen years old who now has to deal with this. For the remainder of his NHL career, that the worm potentially stepped into his family life. Safe, safe, safe to say, the Hawks took the baton from the uh, Senators in the uh, <laughs> in the bad press in the bad <laughs> press. You could, you could say just, that. I heard a good take on this, and they're like, "Look, in NHL time, they did not react to this slowly, <laughs> but they should have looked at Twitter and saw what was going on, and Kyle Davidson should have been out there." At so, midnight of when it happened, it said this is not what this, happened. This is like the, it should have been there. You know, Twitter had a major effect on on this story and and what ended up happening. Hockey Twitter was probably as active as it's been in years. Um, but the reality is, the, the I can't remember what day they were in Columbus, but he was removed from the lineup in Columbus that night. Uh, excuse me, was stripped away from practice. Uh, there was a little talk as Peter Mrazek also missed practice that day that there was some serious stuff happening. Um, and then it kind of was in, ended up being singled out by the, the organization, saying it was an organizational decision that Luke Richardson then had to talk about at the podium. Um, and, and yesterday we get the press conference that it is not player or family in, involved, um, that it is something that is just in, involves uh, an employee potentially in the Blackhawks organization. And because it's an HR thing, 
you can't really release the, the the details of all this, and and that's why I think, especially after you know the history of the Blackhawks with their with their Kyle Beach uh, situation, that they took a detailed time timely approach to make sure that they they found the facts, they heard the facts, and and yes, Twitter can be upset about the fact that it didn't happen and and they didn't respond about it. Did they handle the situation of the rumors surrounding Connor Bedard? No, they should have they should have put an end to that immediately. But uh, in terms of people wanting the details, people needing the info, the Hawks handled it in a proper investigation in terms of an HR matter. May I make a statement in defense of hockey Twitter? Sure. Over the course of modern NHL, right, I'll call it internet NHL history, there have been a number of suspicious, high-profile player departures that have been clouded in this same kind of mystery, right? Our teammates running around with teammates' wives, girlfriends— front office people's relatives, this and that, going back to Chris Pronger's departure from Edmonton, going back to the big one um, around Boston was Tyler Sagan trade, which caught a lot of people very off guard. Um, And a lot of rumors about teammates and... Seabrook and... Or no, Keith and uh, and Sharp. Again, they go after Sharp because he's so good looking. But like (laughs) when you have teammates that love and respect each other the way that these guys get to... It takes a special kind of dirtbag to really kind of piss in the face of that. Um, and so, it, you know, it's happened. Things have happened. But usually I think on more kind of dysfunctional groups. Um, and we've said it before on the pod. I think it's very true. The hockey world is a very small world. And bad guys don't last. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what I just want to say on that is, like, you know, hockey Twitter, that's going to naturally be hockey Twitter's first jumping off. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And when, like, the news breaks, there's no clear details, and everybody's trying to figure out what goes on. That is usually one of the first things that hockey Twitter and the interwebs will jump to yep. because of Rule 34 of the Internet. If it exists, there is porn of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, in defense of hockey Twitter, that's the end of my of my sticking up for the – the faceless cowards behind their keyboards. But um, I just want to say it's not unprecedented to jump to conclusions uh, in with, with without, you know, formal information or mm-hmm. anybody sticking their neck out to the contrary. And, you know, you, you look at this, and, and Luke Richardson in the offseason actually went on record. He's a guy who had uh, – he was an assistant, I think, in Montreal potentially when uh, the Canadians had Perry. And, you know, obviously they brought Corey Perry in to be kind of a mentor. Same with Felino to – to the young guns of the the Blackhawks, and you know, unfortunately, this has kind of bit them in the ass a little bit. Uh, Felino was, you know, he was on record yesterday. The players do not know the complete details. At least that's what the organization is claiming. Uh, but he, you know, they, they've all said it's pretty disturbing, and it, you know, it, it came to the point where Davidson was almost in tears on the press conference. And you know, my big big issue with the organization on this one is, yes, you know, you got to kind of say more than it's an organizational decision. I, I get that there was an investigation going on, but when your your star player, your 18 year old, your face of your franchise, your future gets drugged into this mess, dragged into this mess, you gotta you gotta kind of put that nip that in the butt, protect your star. Uh, so I'm on the organization on that, and I think it was it was uh, it says a lot about also the fact that they set Kyle Davidson up there without Danny Wirtz and then Jamie Faulkner, the uh, business uh, pre- president of the business operations of the organization. I think you know Davidson was sent out to be kind of the face of this, and and he he said it he said it himself that he was wearing the effects of of this 
of this uh, this issue, and uh, so I, I just think support of the organization should have been better in terms of the sense of your young GM and, and support them, give them a little bit more of a face in terms of your ownership, and especially for an organization that is has had so many downs in the last few years and, and so many issues within different different sides of things. So it, you know, a little transparency was was where I think specific, specifically Hawks fans were were concerned, and then I think uh, Twitter kind of got on them and it was like, you know, they they just preach that they're going to show transparency throughout the whole beach thing. You know, were they as fully transparent as they could have been? You know, yes, they released the point, the report, but no. And then now this happens and you don't really hear anything. So it's just, it's a complete disaster. It's a mess. And uh, it's tough, tough, tough PR week. In, tough in PR Chicago. week in Chicago. One last thing on Perry, just, you know, as details come out, right, we don't want to jump in mm-hmm. and say he wasn't in the wrong, he wasn't in the wrong, this or that. Um, but he's got a track record in the NHL that spans you know, 1,200-plus games, something like that. Yep. Many years, there hasn't been a bad word about him from a teammate. Um, and there couldn't have been a more vulnerable organization to see something that's a little over the line and to have this reaction than Chicago this year. Correct. Right? They're not in the cover-up-for-win situation. They're in the protect PR, grow our young players thing. Mm-hmm. And as soon as, like, Perry was, like, he, he was a sitting duck to be clipped if they find any kind of off-ice misconduct. Now, we'll see what the details of this thing are. Correct. And maybe he did a very bad thing or very bad things. Um, so I'm not I'm not letting him off the hook. But, you know, to kind of the Internet rumor thing and some of the infighting or um, incestual history of some NHL locker rooms, um, you know, that's not who Corey Perry is. Uh, but I don't want to totally defend the guy because we still don't know the details and uh, could have gone gross. No, I th- good point. And I think uh, you said it well. Not unlike Lucic's problems. No, that's that's no, that's that's so a bad one. And, you know, it's it, that's indefensible stuff. Correct, um, correct, and you know it's unfortunate. And to your point about what what but, 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 sorry, but just the indefensible stuff. It's like those are personal problems. Correct. Those aren't team problems. And that happened away from the right. rink, where this is something that happened in in a facility of of either Columbus or Chicago or somewhere. Um, and to uh, to the final point in terms of an, an armor, I'll, I know you've been a little quiet on this one, but um, with uh, with the Hawks and their ability to terminate the contract, they they clearly have found something that is a breach of the contract that, that, that allows them to cancel it out. So we'll, you know, like we said, will we get the, the nitty gritty details of everything? I don't know the answer to that. None of us will. Uh, but uh, it's something that is enough for the Blackhawks that they found grounds to be able to cancel the contract. Um, Alex, thoughts on this situation? I mean, not really. I think something happened enough for that is what it is. We'll, uh, we'll probably eventually find out what it was, you know, and uh, until then, I, I I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's much to discuss here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's gone from the Hawks. He's probably not going to get picked up by another team this year. Uh, until probably not. Well, we'll see what we'll see what the details are. Right. Uh, as you said, Ross, the Hawks are probably a little bit more cautious on this type of stuff than anyone. Depending on what it is, they we, have to we, be. we have no idea what it is really. So, it, 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 so. Like, my simple, and sorry, I'm to cut off, but just I think to punctuate this because we don't want to spend any more time on it. I think it'll come out where it'll either be something where 31 other teams. Would have found a way to get past it, and it wasn't that big of a, you know, 31 other teams could have been in a position to kind of move past it. Or it's something where 31 other teams wouldn't touch with a 10-foot Correct. Ball. I don't Correct. think there's going to be much middle ground. I think it's going to be pretty clean cut, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And now, we're, now we're just doing a lot of mm-hmm. useless speculation. It's not what we do on the Slot Shop Podcast. Let's advance. Any final thoughts or you're good? No. Perfect. All right, Into the Wild, our second NHL season uh, 
firing has occurred. Dean Evanson is out in Minnesota. Bill Guerin's guy is out. I think he actually received a contract extension in the offseason. So this is, a, this is a little bit of another uh, another painful woe uh, for the Minnesota Wild. This doesn't affect them in the salary cap side of things. They're already screwed on that one. We already know, and then you're kind of starting to see that in terms of uh, the standings that we'll talk about a little bit later. But Dean Evanson is out. And uh, who's the guy that's in? Remind me of the name. John Hines. John Hines, formerly of with uh, with Nashville um, and, and with New well, Jersey. Yeah, he's been time in New Jersey uh, and Nashville, and he was an assistant for a bunch of teams. Got a lot of NHL experience. We talked a lot about the Predators at the end of last season mm-hmm. and how great of a job Hines did and how it felt like, I don't want to say got screwed, but change of leadership, right? Trotz comes in. He brings in Brunette, who's his guy. He wants it to be that way. So I don't think Hines didn't get renewed or re-upped in Nashville for anything he did. Frankly, you know, he was probably the coach – most ready to uh, you know come off, come out come out of the sidelines and, and join an NHL team. So it's fortuitous timing for that. Um, I think the bigger story is Minnesota performing so terribly. Yeah. Um, and I, you know I always liked Everson. He's a bit of a hard ass. He got the team playing hard. Um, and all I mean the story with these with these Wild under Everson, like the Everson era in Minnesota, said like they're the hardest team to play against, but they take stupid penalties that kill them. And that's been the story this year. Well, well. Because I, I had him all, I had the Wild on my docket before this firing. It's something I wanted to talk about on this pod. Because he played the Wings this weekend, and I was shocked at what I saw. Um, was this the one where he came into the comments and kind of put it on the No, floor? no. I'll tell you what it is. Okay. Um, so I actually like Dean Everson as a personality. I think he's funny. I think like him getting fired up is like always like, – I, I think they liked him. And we talked about the Wild last year as a team that was overperforming. Uh, and we, we sung his praise. Like they, they had a good stretch where they were tough to beat. Um and they played good, kind of locked in hockey. Like they, you weren't going to easily put up like three or four on them. You had to grind those goals out. What I saw when they played the Wings this Saturday, I think it was Saturday or I think Sunday they played them. It was shocking. They have the thirty-second rate power, penalty kill in the league, and it's not surprising. Teams have switched to this full press power play where you don't give space. The Wild just said, you know what? We're going to buck that trend. They put four guys in the slot. And they let you pass around, and essentially there's four guys trying to block shots. The goalie has no clue what the fuck's going on because he's trying to see through four screens. It was unbelievable. I mean, the two forwards were at where you'd line up for the inside faceoff on, on like a uh, defensive zone faceoff. They're standing there, and the two defensemen are right in front of the goalie. And it's just straight. the three. Essentially, you have two guys in front on the power play. And the other three just pass around and rip into the, like, I would hate playing on this power play because you're just eating one-timers. And they, that's the whole strategy. It's like, we'll just eat all the one-timers. So as a player, they must hate it because I'm watching these guys, like, limp off every one because there's nothing else that you can do. It's not mm-hmm. like you can do a backdoor pass. No, they're all there. <laughs> so it was it was one of the worst power play, and the Wings tore them up. PKs. PKs, yeah, it was one of the no, worst PKs is, I've ever seen. And, and it is the worst PK in the league. Uh, by, like, like uh, the eye test totally passed. By about two full percentage. 100% yep. passed. Um, Minnesota in that same week, and I think Evanson went on record and kind of called out the players for their performance. Um, and, and so then people were like, all right, well, he signed a signed an extension. You know he is Bill Guerin certified in terms of, of what – uh, he liked, but it was kind of one of those Edmonton situations where I think expectations for this team are a little bit higher than what the roster shows. Um, this is a season where you're, you're finally seeing Matt Dumba in a different place. I think Wild fans have been kind of critical of him as a, as his career went on, but I think he's he's you're seeing a him being missed in this lineup. But uh, you know, it's Philip Gustinson has been human, if not worse than human. 
Uh, the power play is is sixteen percent, which I think is that's brutal. Potentially, too. I'm sorry, you cannot you cannot be a competitive team with the worst 32. penalty kill yeah. in the league. You especially cannot, they, especially the number of penalties they take. Yeah, it, but I don't care. You could take the least amount of penalties. If you're the worst penalty kill in the league, you will not be good. You will not make the playoffs. You have no chance. It just that's not how it's so important in this game. And I think somebody who's never watched hockey in their life could have identified that this penalty kill was being run wrong. And I think oftentimes. For like a non-trained eye, understanding str- like strategic concepts in hockey can be difficult. The game moves fast. It can seem like there's just not a lot of space, and you don't understand what's going on. Even for me, and I watch a lot of hockey, I can not see concepts sometimes. Right? Totally. This was the most oblivious coaching <laughs> fuck up I've ever seen. I I watch the game and I'm like, how does he have a job? This is unbelievably bad. And so just kind of the last thing on, on mini in this change, um, you know, we, we've pumped Bill Garren's tires a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he's made a lot of decisive actions as GM for, for the wild that have been helpful to the team, helpful in turning the page, helpful in starting a new era. Um, so, but his decisions have created this dead cap space from the buyouts. Now it's created the de- – it's not cap space, but it's true budget money from the owner that's going to be paying Dean Evison through the lifetime of his contract. <laughs> so now those bottom-line costs are on Bill Guerin's resume with the owner. And you know that's not something that shows up uh, on the team's – on the broadcast when you watch the teams. That's not something that shows up on the ice. But that's a very uh, vulnerable political decision by Guerin to stick his neck out for Evison, turn his – you know, and, and turn the page from Evison – like you said, Arm, the eye test was a no-brainer, and he really like schemed his way out of the position. I get that. And Garen continues to be decisive and aggressive and bold, and I think that's why they like him there. So my point is I don't think Garen makes this decision if he doesn't have the confidence in ownership and he doesn't feel like ownership still has his back despite this. However, you know, he's not walking the plank. But the plank set up where this year is going to be a high stakes year, and he might be setting himself up to be in a in a very tough position if their roster and well, the direction of the team isn't significantly going up next season. They this can't time do next shit. Year. They're like, cuffed for at least. Th- that's what up. I just looked up. I, I I know Parise in front of me has at least one more year for a cap hit of seven five. I think Suter for at least another year as well. I think it was simultaneous. I think contracts. this was discussed from. I, like, so I think I, if Bill Garrett's negotiations to take that job as a GM because if you fail as your first job at GM, it's tough to get back. Yep, into no, I think it. he went into the interview and said this is my plan, and it involved those buyouts, mm-hmm. but it didn't involve extending the coach on top of that and then firing the coach. 20 it's a bad, yeah, it's a bad look. So it's, my, my point is that that's just that's a mark on his resume yeah. and his standing with ownership. And again, I think he does have ownership confidence, but it's like he's ramping up the pressure he's betting on himself with by this. And that that's the I'm, deal. I I, I just I, I don't know if he's on the plank. I, I think he's in a good not, position. Not on the plank, but I think the you know again like real I, budget and real money. Sometimes like that money talks. Instead of performance, and I this hear and that. you. I hear you. And he might. So that, that that that's my point that I just want to make. It's a little bit of a long long term thing. It's not something to talk about every week. But you know, this he's is just made. A, he's made a lot of good moves, and yeah. I, th- I I think he's. I think they see that, and I think him firing Dean Evison, knowing that, is a confident move that he can make because he has confidence in the ownership, as you said. Oh, he's betting on himself. He is betting on himself, and and I I, I was correct. The Suter contract also ends uh, ends next year as well. It's fourteen million dollars. Uh, sorry, fifteen. Jack, Jack, we're not a math podcast. No, it's fifteen they're, they're, million dollars between two guys that haven't played in the lineup since twenty twenty one. 
They cannot. I know we're not a math con- podcast, but that's 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 a significant chunk it's of money. The worst in, pair in, of contracts in the league. It's yeah, a big it's, it's ball. Bad. And you know, you look at Suter, who's playing top minutes in Dallas. So it's kind of wild where Parise is sitting on uh, his couch in free agency. It was an identity thing, but we don't need to go back into that. Minnesota Wild brings in John Hines, Dean Evanson out in Minnesota. Things uh, things have to change quickly for this wild team, and, and historically, with uh, with not being in in the running at Thanksgiving, things are pretty tough. And the, you know, there's already one team in Edmonton that's that's uh, potentially picked to make a make a run at potentially surviving. Where is that? Edmonton. Oh, Edmonton. Sorry. Um, <laughs> could potentially survive this, but I, I I think it's tough, especially with the poor goaltending and, and poor performances from from Minnesota. I think it's the a wild tough, are done. It's a tough. They're not hole making to, the playoffs. Yeah, it's a tough. They don't have the firepower to, to go on a ten game win streak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they need they need to develop their youth. They need Brock Faber to continue to progress. They it looks need, awesome. I know. I'm still. A I mean, guy. there's a lot of Boldy's, guys on this. Boldy's a little quiet this year. This is where we talk about Bill Guerin. Boldy is he's going to be fine. I think Boldy's going to figure it like, out. He's, he's, he's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, and you got to blame a lot of that on the power play too. Yeah, it's yeah, hard to yeah. put up goals on a shit power play, Absolutely. which may be him too. You know? We'll see. We'll see. I, I think. I mean, again, right? Hines has a great track record. I think you know he's he's, he's shown great success turning mm-hmm. chicken salad into chicken shit with that Nashville roster, especially after the deadline last year. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, are we good on? Are In, we good on the wild? the wild? Out of the wild. Out of the wild. Into the sour chowder. In Boston, Ross, we we've been we haven't cuffed you on your Boston talk this season, but. You know, I think finally now that your team's lost, what you said, three in a row. Give uh, give us your thoughts on the on what we're Are seeing. Are you from, thankful for that? Or what? Yeah, do you you feel like you can finally appreciate your uh, your two season regular season success? Success hopes. Does this get you out of the first round? Where uh, where are you at on the? You know, we don't mean we're picking on you a little bit here. In the spirit of consistency, you're goddamn right. I love it right now. <laughs> Water is finding its level. Like you, you look at this team. And we'll we'll get we're, we're going to get later in this pod to our preseason predictions and what we thought of this team going in, but they are not the wagon team that they'd performed to, and they were showing a lot of signs even while they were winning of bad habits and um, and really goaltending keeping them afloat more than afloat keeping them at, at the afloat at the top of the entire league. Um, so things just it's it just 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 the radical turn there. You know, three straight games they get their shit pushed in seven goals against the Rangers. Um, they get their asses kicked on either side of that by the Red Wings. Um, and then they lose this Monday night game that I got to watch on Nesson. Or actually, I didn't even – I just caught the very tail end of it. But they get they get blown out by Columbus um, on a Monday night. And so you put the totality of that together, and it's just – they're playing poorly. Their structure is – they're losing their structure. They're they're a slower team. They're bigger than they have been in a while, but they're slow. This forward group, this is going to be the craziest thing you've heard me say. You take James Van Riemsdyk out of this lineup, and it starts to look really thin. <laughs> I mean, what the hell kind of a statement is that for and the top team? He's been producing. Really? No, he. In the, I've been really impressed with him. Um, and so, it's it, like th- their defense is still really strong and deep, even though they sent my boy Lori down to Providence. Did they really? Ooh, t- sorry. No, they did. The only justifiable piece is if Grizzlick is up, and it's just a cameo f- to trade him, although that hasn't been going well. Um, <laughs> but all their top guys have been big minuses in these three games. Marshan, Zaka, Pasternak, McAvoy, all in the neighborhood of, like, dash six in those three games. Um, just the, the, the structure of their performance, um, they, the, the, I don't want to say full-on effort, but it's been very, very sloppy. And, and poor. And one, uh, one thing to call out from all of this 
is one thing that, that really jumped out to me in the playoff choke last year is Jim Montgomery's, frankly, lack of experience as an NHL head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw how he you know, tweaked the lines at a strange time. He tweaked the goalies at a strange time. He stuck with Olmerk too long. He brought in Swayman in a tough leverage spot in the playoffs, I'm talking. And then now, over the past few games, he leaves Olmark in to give up six against the Rangers. Seven. Oh, empty netter. Empty probably. netter, right? Yeah. Right, six and an empty. Um, and then, and then against Columbus, two goals in, one bad goal, two goals in on you know Swayman's let up seven, uh, uh, two goals on nineteen shots, Yanks and he him. pulls he pulls Swayman to bring in Olmark to try to wake the team up, right? Not a not a goalie decision, a, a team wake up decision. There were talks about uh, the the team getting having a bag skate after their terrible performance in Montreal that I had a brief rant about last time we were together. Um, and so Montgomery is really squeezing the tick, the stick pretty tight. Cause I think he feels, he feels the pressure of last year's failure. And also he's just not really that familiar, like running things. And last year he didn't really run things. Bergeron was really the player coach last year. And now Marshan first year captain, a lot of the locker room stuff is still intact, but it's just different without 37 and even 46 in there. Um, and that's something to keep an eye on is how Montgomery manages this, how the – I think the players in the roster are going to be fine and basically, you know, be around that 500, um, you know, above 500 mix the rest of the year. Um, so, you know, I, I think I think the pressure's – the pressure's – again, the pressure's not on right now. We'll get to the standings. They're second in the East. They're, they're, they're looking really, really, really good. Um, but there's an amped up pressure now on the team that I love. I love. They need to be under more pressure in the regular season. They they just do. Um, and so I'm not too worried about it. What do you guys think? Oh, I think to your point of a little bit more pressure, you, you kind of didn't feel that at all last regular season. Then you get into Florida, you face a little adversity after going up in that series, and uh, you know things just kind of fell apart. So I, I think you're you're spot on on that. Uh, Montgomery, a guy you know, obviously who was in in Dallas before he had his little career change, and and now is uh, in Boston. And you know, regular season wise, he's probably the most successful regular season coach in the NHL history. And I know probably, probably small sample size, small, probably probably small, small the sample best. size, yeah. exactly. But uh, you know, it, it is about what you do once once the playoff games really start to matter, and, and that's something you haven't seen from this Boston team. I think depth wise, uh, you know, I haven't watched enough about it, but. How do you feel about the the center role depth in the, on this team? I know you talk about the D being pretty solid, but so I, I, Zaka, I mentioned, has had a tough little stretch, but he's been unreal, and I really like Zaka. Coyle's been better than normal Coyle, and I think they're actually okay at center with Patra emerging and sticking with the big club. Um, you can figure out the fourth line. Beecher's been actually good as a rookie. Mm-hmm. I, I really like what I see out of him as a fourth liner. First round pick, now he's a fourth liner, whatever. But um, I'll first, take First I, year in the league. No, I'll take it. I'll, trust me. I'll, I'll take the money and run on Beecher. I think he's been great. But I'm less concerned with center. And I'm concerned with the wings. And, you know, I, I mentioned that Evander Kane Olmark thing. Did hear that there were Edm- Edmonton scouts in the building for that Columbus game to get a look at Olmark. Did hear that. Um, and, and also, I don't know if any of that's true, but, but uh, you know, a scoring winger, an Evander Kane type, to me, that's a big hole with them because I, you know, you take out, you take out Van Average and now Morgan fucking geeky. <laughs> He's at the top of my shit list. X Factor. Did, did I did I do the X Factor? No, no, and it's no, and he's the X Factor right now on the wrong side of things. 
did I do my geeky rant on the pod, or was this all from my seats? You've on done the it. You've done it. You've, yeah. done it. you've done it. He's the third Richie and, brother. Yes. Okay, yes. I've said that. All right, Which is all a great right. comparison, by the way. <laughs> it's, Love it. It's hard to watch. Yeah, it's hard to watch. With, he with, sucks. He, he, he can't skate. He can only skate in a straight line. With your wing depth, it was it was reported that apparently Boston had kicked tires with uh, with a Patrick Kane. Uh, you know, obviously the legitimacy of those rumors. And, eh, I but think everyone kicked the tires. So yeah, yeah as, as you should have, especially when when you know what he signed for. But uh, yeah, but it would. Yeah, yeah. I, I the, you add you add a cane, you take out a. I'm not hard. I'm not, I'm not heartbroken about a cane. Well, so the cane I want is Evander. I know and those. I know those are very want. different players. So <laughs> I, I, that's kind of my point. Yes. Yes. Well, um, so my issue with this team is it, it it gets clouded when you get off to such a hot start. You start thinking, okay. Everything's good. Everything we're like in fairyland, you know. Doesn't matter who we lost. A second line of JVR, Trent Frederick, and Charlie Coyle is not good enough to contend. It just, I, I, I really, it could be, it could be. We've seen like Vegas go with these expansion players to where, when given the opportunity, they become different players. I get it. I don't think Charlie Coyle is a point of game player personally, um, and I don't think anyone would look at that second line and say I'm afraid of that. Um, not saying they're a bad line. They've played well, and they're good players. But it's it's a really – you look at the roster differently off of a three-game losing streak, and you kind of come back to reality on it. I think now you look at the goaltending. I think part of the reason they may not have made a trade was to just test both of them out again and say, do we know that both these guys are actually, like, elite goalies? Because, mm-hmm. like, when you do half season, I understand some skepticism. Like, are we going to see elite goaltending from both? And we have so far. Obviously, the last three games, a little bit of hiccup. But but the, the team in front of them has been the biggest factor. Exactly. So now I in think... both their success and failure, I think. Now I think the trade becomes a lot more realistic. If they had, if they'd gone smoothly through the regular season, that trade doesn't happen because they're happy with it. Jack Nicholson, Jeff. Yes. Which is why I, which is, yes. I, I could see your excitement there. Because you can't... Like, I, the cap hit's not horrible, but you can't roster two good goalies and hope to win, typically. It's, last year, they could. Oh, when you need forward depth... It, it becomes it's a, a really it's hard your best way of of addressing things. Like where, quickly you look at Tampa, who gave up what five picks for uh, for Tanner Janot last year, and but that, that that they're handicapped. That's an apples and oranges thing. It's just different. It's just different. It's just different. But Arm's point about the about Coil, Frederick, and and Van Average as as a second line, they're really the third line. That's really their third line is is like Vegas's fourth line. Sure. With with Roy Carrier and Colazar, and that that third line for Boston plays a very similar style as that Vegas team. Vegas is just deep enough and strong enough and well balanced yeah. enough that that's actually their fourth. But what the, what what the Bruins need to figure out up front, where I think another winger is needed, my pal Jake DeBrusque has been a big fucking goose egg so far this year. <laughs> but like, and they need to figure. Sorry, but arm. They just need to figure out a way to break up uh, Marshan, Zaka, Pasternak. They can't do that super top line. They need to find a way to balance that out with Patra. Get yeah. DeBrus going and find out that sixth that sixth top six. So has, have you, has Patra been playing as well lately? He's shown some rookie problems. He made he's made a couple bad 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 turnover plays, but he you know he's here to stay and he's going to figure it out. I and know. Let's go with the ups and downs. I just think he started off so like he looked fantastic in the games I watched early, and you can't expect that out of a yeah, kid like that. He's like, full eighty two. It's nothing to say on him, years. but it is something to say on the outlook. He's this gonna, year, but he's going to be up and down. But at the center ice position, he's going to be in the lineup. Like, yeah. like unless, like, unless he has a mental breakdown, he's going to be in the lineup. And he seems like a tough, hard nosed kid. That that's not going to be an issue. Effort has never been a problem. He seems coachable. Like he checks all the boxes, off, like off the ice, personality wise. Um, and it's just he's too important of a piece to to be on the ninth floor. And I think that like they need to force themselves to rely on that better depth up top. Yeah, 
And I will say I'm not worried about this team. It's really hard to score goals on them, like pretty much any night. I, I know the last three games might make you think a little differently. It doesn't matter. This team is hard to score on. And uh, that's a really tough thing to beat. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty simple game. When you bring it down to scoring and not scoring, and it's really hard to score. You don't you don't expect to score three against the Bruins. I promise I won't go down the roster and bash every single player, but <laughs> we got there. It's okay. Just like Shattenkirk, Forbert, Grizzlick. Scary. Yeah, Shattenkirk's thirty four, thirty three at this point. Yeah, and like three, four I mean, years not, past his prime. But the defense is not the issue. The defense looks pretty freaking solid. Correct. I will say, actually, I have one final point. I don't, I don't love Marshawn as a captain. I think he's way better as an alternate where you can say, oh, he can go do his bullshit because he does a lot of bullshit still. And it's not to say it's not captain material in like a aesthetic thing. You just don't want the guy doing the slew foot to be like the leader of your team. You want him to be a leader, I think. It's a different different vibe that I'm not sure I'm convinced on. The three assistants may have been the move after the Bergeron departure. I don't, you know, it, it's Marchand is always going to be a uh, highly uh, highly contested uh, captain, especially in a market like Boston. And and you know, it's it's too early if twenty something games in or if that to judge his his C. I think at this point, but I get I, just, I get what I you're saying. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. My closing point on the vibe is that I, I think it comes to Montgomery now because now Montgomery really needs to play a leadership role with the team because last year, frankly, he was a passenger because it was so rock solid and it was all like it was it was St. Patrice's team. Um, and now you know we I love Marchand. I, he's gonna get my mm-hmm. he's gonna get my. Hockey Writers Association of, uh, of of North America vote to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame someday. Um, but I get it. It's different. It's a different vibe. They need to adjust to it. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for Jim Montgomery to show up and, and really, really prove himself. And I, I I hope he's capable of it. We'll see how things go. But I like I do like the struggles. And I'm I'm staying I'm staying I'm staying with my take. Yeah. I think this is a net positive for the outlook of the team long term. Yeah, a little adversity is never never a problem. I think this will be a pretty active team come deadline uh, deadline day, and we'll see what. See, I, I don't, you don't think I don't, so? I don't know. That see that yeah, scares me. We'll find me. out. We'll find out. Me. We'll yeah. find out. Yeah. That scares me. But uh, you know, that's a little bit of the sour sour in Boston, as uh, as we like to say. But uh, moving on to a little bit of a playoff playoff check in from uh, from a versus a little bit of our. We're not going to go down every single preview pick, but uh, looking at some of the percentages and what the point projections look like at this point, which being Wednesday, November 29th, coming to you listeners the 30th of November. Ross has got it in front of him. He did a little homework for the boys, starting with the uh, Atlantic. So we have conducted a take audit, okay? (laughs) So for our listeners, we've conducted a take audit, and we are holding ourselves accountable. Um, We're going to start, actually, with the President's Trophy leading. New York Rangers in the Metro Division. Now, across the board, Jack had the Devils to top the Metro. I had Carolina, and Arm had the Rangers. Check one for Arm Dog. Let's go. Um, I, yeah, the Rangers' success, I, I think we all could see it as plausible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also felt like a we don't know if it'll be bad or good thing, but – um, it's been excellent, and Jonathan Quick has been one of the surprise performers oh, of the and, year. And to be fair, this Rangers team, they've seen a lot of improve. Like, Lafreniere's on the stat sheet. Lafreniere's and scoring. I, I'm not sure it fully correlates to his play yet, but being on the stat sheet means something. Um, 
It yeah. does. And, you know, I think you Panarin looks elite. That's what I was going to say. Is They're finally unlocking a Panarin, and it sounded like I was listening to uh, a podcast with uh, one of the Rangers analysts recently, and they said bringing in Kane. I hate to bring up Kane again, but they said they brought in Kane last year to give Panarin a little bit more playoff familiarity and to try and unlock the playoff Panarin, which is just yet to be seen in, in any of his playoff appearances. And, uh, no, I mean, you got Zabinijad, you got the boys. You know, well, crowd. they could have just cut Panarin's hair. That's all that was needed. <laughs> Give him Clearly. the, you know. It, it's and, and, by the way, another thing, Fox has been out for a good stretch of this. Just came back tonight. Yeah. Um, so, like, this Keandre is like, Miller looks freaking elite. Looks great. Hold on, hold on. Thank the God he's American. We're ignoring Jack's boy Gustafson on the point. Gustafson oh, running Eric, PP1. Eric stepping right in for <clears throat> Foxy. Mm. <clears throat> Gustafson, give me that all day. <clears throat> Who needs Adam Fox? They might trade him for... I don't know. Linus Olmark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they can be the new bros of three legitimate goalies. Um, all right. So moving on. Um, shout out to Arm Dog so far. Good Looking pick. good. But again, the U.S. Thanksgiving mark, right? This is where points percentage and projections. The, the, coming in. the playoff picture doesn't change that much. The seeding changes around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the eight teams that are in, there's usually at least six of them end up making it. And so for those teams that are out of it, they're in tough shit. Um uh, Carolina is second in in the Metro, which pretty much matches all of our projections. You know, I had them one, um, followed by the surprise team of the Metro. And you might be thinking I'm going to say the Philadelphia Flyers, but I'm not. Because of the schedule and the games played, the surprise team of the Metro are your Washington Capitals. Yeah. That's a shocker. It I is. don't know how they're doing it. I owe them more of a watch. Have you guys watched any caps? I've watched, I've watched like a period. Uh, I think the defensive core is pretty solid, to be honest, um, with guys who aren't really that good. It's... Um, so Sandine, who I kind of ragged on because everyone was like, break out Sandine. Um, <laughs> he's been good, not in points, but like I think he has solid points, but he's not running power play because Carlson's back, but uh, he's been solid. Nick Jensen. A, a my boy f- Jensen, my X Factor. Yeah, he's been good. Like They, they just seem like a steady team. Um, but again, I don't know how they're doing it. Uh, Ovechkin, Ovechkin's numbers are way down, yep. which sometimes is a good reflection of he balanced looks slow. team scoring. Unfortunately, he looks slow. Really? He doesn't look good. All right. This this is a team. I you know they uh, they started off really slow. They found themselves uh, in in obviously the playoff mix in this Metro. Uh, but I think this is a team with uh, with regression to be had. With uh, with you know knowing that you've got Carolina, Pittsburgh, and uh, New Jersey behind them. They're going to be chased by some tough teams, and, and looking at the stats and looking at the points, you know, Ovechkin has the most points on this roster, but the most points anyone scored is twelve. So, I think hey, uh, that's balanced. They also they don't give up goals. They don't give up goals, but I, I just think, league I think a regression is is due. And you know, yes, last year with Who's kicking with, for them, who are their tendies? Uh, Lindgren, Lindgren and, and Kemper and Kemper, yeah. So there's got to be and some regression. Lindgren, here. I think is it's Charlie Lindgren. It. Yeah, yeah. I will say a guy who's been good in faceoff legend Dylan Strome. Strong, started yeah. to rub it in, yeah. but Dylan Strom got yeah. that extension. Oh, He's right. played well. And, I'm happy and, to see him playing well. And like Oshi is just kind of getting it going. He had a very slow start, not looking great. I yep. think I think he'll 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 give he them should. a boost and should pick up. Some I of saw the a stat. He's worse than uh, goal per dollar currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not good. But, but they're winning. They're winning. So yep. you know, yeah. We'll, see, we'll coming, see what happens with we are, uh, we are Oshi podcast with the so, Washington Caps. We're not going to go all the way down the entire lineup and bore our listeners Just to pick out some tiers. Yeah, keep the pilots. teams that are you think. Will yeah, be and so like totally in the hunt, right? When, when we talked about this division, we were all in agreement. Felt like Carolina and New Jersey. We all kind of were unanimous that. Carolina and New Jersey seem to be on a higher tier. And then there was this mosh of the Rangers, the Penguins, and the Islanders. 
followed by Columbus, Washington, Philly, who are all trash. And it's looking like it's really the Rangers in Carolina. And then you have Jersey, Pittsburgh, and the Islanders in Washington, right, that, that are all in that kind of middle class. Um, Philly looks to be at the top of the trash pile. We all had them pretty much close to the bottom. Um, but, you know, Philly's competing and, like, they're, they're doing well. fine. But on a points-per-game basis, they're they're decently out of the playoff picture. And we also – one thing that we're on, we're going to get to the Atlantic next. But we all agreed that only three teams from the, from the Metro are going to make it. Yeah. It's trending that way. It looks like it's going to be Rangers, Canes. Right now it's Washington, it's be but I'd expect Devils to get in there. And Devils, like, to be fair to them, like, they've missed their two centers for, like, a five- to ten-game stretch. You can't win many games. Like yeah, that. yeah. You can't you can't miss out on two of your best players. Like and, that, you know, they're a young the team. Position. They're a young team. They're kind of going through it a little bit. But I think I think when I think, Hughes and Hersher are out for so long, yep. it, like good luck. Yep. Yep. And so, like again, that puts Washington on the bubble, and we'll get to some of the Atlantic teams that are around Washington that'll be competing. So we'll move on to the Atlantic. Yep. <sighs> My Boston Bruins, top of the Atlantic. Uh, we've talked enough about them. Uh, but just for the record, no one had uh, Jack had him out of the playoffs. So um, did I. I had him as the last wild card, and Arm had him out of the playoffs. Yep. Still think they might be a wild card team. Um, <laughs> Florida Panthers are next there on a 104 point pace. Um, we all unanimously had Florida as three. No, uh, Jack had him three. Arm had him four. Rusty had him four. Um, behind B- Buffalo, um, but um, but you know we all had Florida as a playoff team. They're a little, they're kind of finding their playoff stride. Right well, what's now. what's incredible is they've they've gotten off this hot hot start without their top two defensemen, and they just came back. They just came back. So, they came like, back like the team was playing at its peak when they get the two guys back, which is and we scary. T- we talked about it in the playoffs last year. How this is not a true eight seed. They're coming off the President's Trophy two years ago, right? Uh, this is a talent. The talent on that team does not equate to eight seed. I think we all had good expectations even before their run for this year. We were skeptical because they were going to miss a lot of players for a lot, a lot of time. But now, a month and a half into the season, that it's seems like a lot less time when you play well. Um, so good on them. They're they're playing great hockey and oh, Sammy Reinhardt, he's Sam tearing. He's about Sam to get Bennett, Barkov, dude, Sam Bennett. Chuck is just a. It's Sam a Bennett's fun not team. putting up points though, dude. Right? Dude. He's sick. Evan Rodriguez Forget points. Here, Sam Bennett impacts games, man. Totally, yeah. No, they're He's a sick a team. They're going to be impossible gamer. to play in the playoffs. They're going to be more trouble in the playoffs. You add Mahura, like you subtract uh, OEL, and you've got a solid defensive core. No, OEL's been good. He's been okay. He's been perfectly fine. Yeah, he's, he's on the vet minimum. Solid, like, yeah. eh. For what he is. Well, from what, just from the games I've watched, he was just getting by. I guess it's just bad, bad, it is bad timing. It overcame on, on. the Radko loss, though. I, I, I don't think any of us saw that. Uh, Kulikov is. He's, None of us did. He's, you know, Kulikov, he's laying the lumber a little bit. Kulikov, it's funny. I see Kulikov wearing seven. I keep thinking it's Radko, and then I realize it's Kulikov. Yeah. Not, Mikola, they not added Mikola the in the offseason. You know, yeah. add a little more grit there. Yeah, no, but but honestly, their team identity seems to be picking up where they left off. Paul Maurice is is just enjoying. It. He's sitting back and loving it. The other big highlights: um, all of us had Buffalo in the playoffs. Eesh. That doesn't look good. Um, Tay gingered and they played like shit anyways. Yeah, lost out on the Kane sequence or sweepstakes. You. It's yeah. it's not looking good. Devin Levi assigned to AHL. It's yeah, it's no, it's not. It's not going to happen in Buffalo this year. Um, I mean, making the playoffs, not going further. Um, other biggest miss, Detroit. Detroit. And I think I had them the lowest. Uh, yes, you had them just ahead of Montreal at the bottom. Um, I had them. Uh, I had them same spot as you. Jack had them one above. Um, so that's a big miss across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the other one, they're uh, in Tampa and Toronto are pretty much where we expected. Tampa a little bit behind pace, but just got, what, do you, just what got, do you guys think about Tampa? Bad, they just got Vasilevsky yeah. back. What do you think about them? All right, who goes first? Uh, are they a Brendan, top three team in this division? No, but I think bringing in Brendan Hagel saved this team for for a long time. I mean, he's playing unbelievable hockey. He so, made a pass to Kucherov. He's been the team for three years. He, what do you mean bringing him in? <laughs> well, I mean, no, for what, what are, they got him for, a, for, I think, a late base. This is Blackhawks' revisionist history yeah. from but, four but years ago. What I will say, he made a pass. He's playing the best hockey he's played in his life. Brandon, he looks gamer. unbelievable. He made a pass to Kucherov that blew Kucherov's mind. And if you do that, I mean, that's something we all dream of doing. Making a pass that Kucherov just slaps in, and he's like, whoa, where did that come from? I'm not the biggest Instagram commenter, but sometimes I do get into hockey Instagram. They had a thing like, who's the most underrated player in the league? Hagel. Was my, my, but my now everyone's like, loving him. I well, I think he's still underrated, but the like the, the, the train died. He's only 25, too. The, yeah. yeah. Hagel's going to get a huge scary. contract. He is a I, freaking baller. I was and, actually in the building watching this Tampa team uh, recently, and uh, I said it, I think, to Alex. Hedman ended up scoring the game-winning goal in this one, but I thought Hedman. You didn't think so? I thought, thought he looked, looked slow. slow. I think he's he's mishandling the puck. I thought he was losing a lot of the puck battles. I, you know, again, sample size versus a really shitty hockey team in the Blackhawks. Yep. Did end up scoring the game winner, so fuck me, I guess. But yeah, um, you text I, me that, then I checked the score when I got to my phone, and I was like, oh. I uh, <laughs> I just was I was pleasantly surprised to see how slow and maybe something's bothering Hedman, but. I, it might have just been an off night because I've exactly. seen a lot of good things out of him. Yeah, at 32, is Janot's making an impact. Um, Not worth the trade, but yeah, well, yeah, I couldn't. It's a terrible trade, but five but, picks. But, but he's like he's do, there now. He's doing something right. Like he's 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 getting back on that termite statue, even though the mm-hmm. numbers aren't there. He's getting that eye and test. Kucherov's in prime form. Last thing on Tampa though, um, they're like playoff bubble right now on the projections. I think they might they're, say that. They're tied far, with three teams with Toronto. They're far behind Toronto. Detroit. They're, they're far behind Toronto. Point percentage, yeah. But my point is, they are the kind of team that's going to be neck and neck with Islanders, Devils, Capitals for those kinds of uh, of, of wild cards, which is something to keep I've, an eye on. The, but, but those games, though, right? Because you only play those guys like three times a year. So those games, and whether matter. those are, are, are regulation or overtime, right? Yep. Like some of, some of these shootouts are going to decide who makes it and who doesn't. Totally. And my, my only thing on Tampa right now is if I did not know who Tampa was before this year and I watched them this year, I'd say they're a wild card bubble team. Just like knowing, a wild card just team. Knowing, not, like, not like not making the playoffs, but I think they're fighting for the three seed in that division. And I think they're. Which is a weird place for them to be. Correct, but I think they're totally comfortable with it. You know, yes, yeah, last yeah. year I think you know you saw them lose they're to Toronto in the first round. They can beat anyone. Exactly, they're, they're a not sleeping. Afraid. They're a sleeping giant that might limp their way to the the wild card spot, but it's a team you still don't want to see in in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I'm not concerned. about Especially that. since we were saying Vasilevsky, if he comes back ready to go, you know, last year was a little bit of a weird year for him, at least an off year for Vazzy's uh, standards. That uh, if you get a, another elite Vazzy who's healthy, who looked kind of unhealthy in that Toronto series. Uh, this is another scary, uh, scary addition. I also think he, he, played, he played back-to-backs on his return. Like back-to-back the guy's nights. a stud. The guy's a stud. <laughs> like, what animal. Is, like, animal. Animal. Yeah. Um, the, the, only, uh, the only other Atlantic note is Ottawa, which I've now doubled down on. They're below Montreal. Um, not good. Not, no. n- not good. But too you know much what? talent for how they're playing. You know Way what? too much talent. You know what? I, they're going to turn around. They might fire the coach. They might get somebody else in there. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm sticking with my Ottawa take. I think Ottawa's – they just it. have too much talent. But there's so much good. ground to make up for them. Exactly. There's like St. Louis 2019 amount of ground. 
Yep. So wow. they better start we'll figuring see. it out. We'll you see, see, Brady Kachuk is fighting everybody and trying to get Dude, things going, I trying love, to drag this I team into Brady the playoffs. Chuck. But um, you see his moment, he crashed we'll get, in that like it's a fight. We'll get to lose we'll, change. We'll, we'll yeah. get there and okay. lose change. That's but so um, yeah, so all right, we're wrapping up the Atlantic there. Go to the uh, Western Conference. On to the West. We will start with uh, just going by highest point projections. That's Colorado. Um, to the Central, by the way. In the Central, <laughs> that's right. Um, Arm and I had Colorado at the top. Jack had Dallas. It's I'm not uh, I'm not out on that. I mean, it's a three-point difference projection yeah. end of the year, so that's pretty much pick them. Um, those two teams have looked great. I don't think we need to beat anyone over the head. Nope. We've talked a lot about those teams. Holly, we watch them a lot. We know where you're at on everything. I mean, We're I, watching. Only thing on Colorado, I don't think they're playing at high form yet. They just oh, have so much talent. Completely. And Georgiev yeah. looks amazing, though, which is a but good development. Gerard going to the Gerard program. did have – so apparently Not it was good. a – uh, you know, you got to hope for is a little bit of an. Apparently, he's. You know, I don't want to to well, speak to. Yeah, it, uh, let's but, not talk yeah. about. Let's it. just yep. hope he fair. hope fair. for the best for him. Well, maybe maybe Matt Grizzly can fill that hole, and the Bruins can trade for Miles Wood. <laughs> His six year deal or five year deal. <laughs> by the way, by the way, quickly on Colorado, that line is incredible right now. They are generating the more leads. shots, yeah. more shots well, per minute than any league. line in the league right now. More shots per minute than any line in the league. You fucking heard it. Woody heard it first. <laughs> Woody. Russ Colton, Rusty Colton, and O'Connor. O'Connor apparently is great too. Dude, Logan yeah. O'Connor's a maggot. He's yep. awesome. So McCarr's we're all missed in a little on that time. One. This, you know, this team, uh, it's another sleeping giant. That is. Now across the board, we all three of us had what team finishing third? Trivia. The Kings. Uh, no, in the Central. In the Central, I have no idea. Jack across the board, all three unanimous decision to finish third in the Central. Minnesota. We all had Minnesota. That looks yeah. like a kick in the dick. I mean, Minnesota that, was that might be our worst one. <laughs> it's a bad one. It's a yeah. bad one. But you know what? I, I mean, hey, you know, it happens. Happens to the best of us. Um, no one's perfect. But just, you know, the other highlights from there, I think we were all actually pretty good on Arizona and Nashville. Well, Being on the playoff bubble. What do you got, Jack? Winnipeg. Yeah, I had him for I'm, the least I'm running change. the segment, bro. We're going to get to Winnipeg. But, but uh, after kicking us in the dick on Minnesota – we were actually all pretty accurate saying we think Nashville and Arizona are going to be in the wild card. Yeah, and I think we were right where Arizona was. I think one thing that we all want to see, I think the league wants to see is Logan Cooley. Just some more points there. But he looks good so far. I mean, like, this is not a hate on him by any means. And, Arm, I've got a note. You specifically called out Arizona being in the playoff hunt. Jack and, and I, I have think them they will be. Statistically there. But They're still, they lost my guy, Yusuf Valamaki, who I, I think he's a, a great pretty name. big piece. We still skipped over Winnipeg. Well, we're going to get to Winnipeg, Dude, bro. Let him run the second. He is, but he's going out of order. Sorry. Okay, go, go, ahead. Ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Christ. Well, Winnipeg's in third in the division. They're projecting over 100 points. That means they're in the playoffs by a pretty decent margin right now. Um, I had Winnipeg second to last. Jack had Winnipeg second to last. Arm had Winnipeg just out of the playoffs. Um we we owe the peggers we owe the peggers some airtime. So I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna you. say Thank they you. were on my loose change. Winnipeg was, but let's do it now because we're talking about them. Kyle Connor looks great, and one of the my Milk, favorite Milk, milkman Kyle Connor. Yeah, he looks shows great. up every day. He looks fantastic. He he looks just like an elite scoring winger that he is. He just produces. Um, he doesn't take days or weeks off. Now, Shifley. what I do want to say that I really love about this, and this is where I think some other leagues differ. Maybe there's not enough parity in other leagues, but we're talking about the NHL. They go make the move, the shocking move, to re-sign Shifley and Hellebuck to eight-year deals. Which, to, in our defense, we made these picks before those extensions. I know. But so we thought this was going yeah, yeah, yeah. to be a lame duck season yeah, on the yeah, roster. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, thank you. But, give, us, but, give us our credit on that one. <laughs> but to their credit, they said, look, last season flopped at the end. 
but we think we can go and flip this around, get PLD out of the building, and maybe make something happen here. Mm-hmm. Get that whiny and French. They're now in the playoff hunt. And like I, yeah. I think a lot of teams that have been in the playoff hunt for a while un- like don't appreciate how much it means to be in the playoffs in the NHL. And I, I know like a lot of teams make the playoffs, but like it's awesome to have a, se- a playoff series every year. And they're doing it. You know, they're playing well. They've invested in their guys. I, I like it. You know, I'm I'm skeptical on the team as a whole, but they they kept their big pieces, and then you just hope Perfetti looks good, looks really good. He has. So looks, like there's there's a good. lot of pieces there, and I think we we didn't give him enough justice. I know the contracts weren't signed yet, and we were all coming off of like the end of last year where they looked awful, and Minnesota looked good. Like that's kind of like. The difference um, there, so maybe biases. take take the hot streaks at the end of the season yep. for for granted a little we bit. We thought you know? Morrissey maybe take a step back. It's not necessarily he's a at good the point, player, man. Point production really what he was player. last year, but he's a stud. He's a really good player. Uh, looking at the PLD trade, you know they got Gabe Velarde, Alex Iafalo, and uh, and, and, and Rasmus Kapari. Kapari and Iafalo have Kipari been and Soda. have been great depth forwards for this team. Well, Iafalo's been excellent. He's playing top six minutes for this team. Unfortunately, uh, Velarde, as we talked about, it's only played three games this year after uh, taking an injury. But and that's a big addition a, for them. Velarde was supposed to be the big piece of this trade. So that's my point: is that you're seeing Velarde or you're seeing Iafalo and and Kapari play some big role but, minutes for uh, for Winnipeg. What's kind of the nice part about that is you now have Iafalo establishing himself on that top line with Connor and Shifley. And when you do that, you can you can try to juice up the Perfetti line with Velarde. You know, Velarde's a great passer. Uh, it's a, the type of player you want with a young guy. Um, so I I, I kind of like their outlook. I, I hate I'm scared to say it, but I do. Hey, Winnipeg's earned earned uh, earned some airtime. We did. just gave them a little bit. I owe them a watch. They're now on my watch list. Another team. I was looking at our picks here, and I was surprised to see me going right back to the well and picking St. Louis. But. Rusty did have St. Louis right there, uh, fourth in the central, out of the picture. That's exactly where they are now. I'm not saying I know what I'm talking about, but I know what I'm talking about sometimes. Um, you both had them at the bottom. So that's another team. I haven't watched St. Louis. I owe St. Louis more viewing. So St. Louis and Winnipeg are on my watch it's list. You guys have anything to add on the on, on Robert the Bruce? Thomas show? Robert Thomas is sick. Butchelnevich. Butchnevich. He's good. He's good. Bennington's um, been has been actually pretty good. Bennington, what's, what's Bennington? Been, Bennington's yeah. been really good. He's in the he's, in the, he's in the Vezina yeah. conversation. Krug's running a, a pretty decent power play. I don't know what the numbers are, but when I watched Krug looked pretty good on the power play. At the time I've it's going to be a bad contract anyways, but like half the time I've tuned in, I've seen Perunovic running the power play. Yeah, he's running it for a little bit. Too. I haven't watched a ton of them. They're on my to do list. Owe it to the termites. And what what I do think is good about them is they have not had production from uh, Kairu. Too much production mm. from Cairo, and they're, mm. they're playing okay. Mm. So, all right, just, more upside for St. Louis. We'll see. I guess so. Yeah. So, I mean, it's basically, uh, you know, you've got the big dogs at the top. Uh, looks like you know Dallas and Colorado are going to be where they're going to be one two, and then good. it's a, a, it's going to be up to Winnipeg, St. Louis, Nashville, Arizona. They're you know four teams for two spots, and you know one and a half spots really um, with the the Pacific that we're going to get with- to next. Quickly on Arizona, I think they're relying a little bit too much. I can't say the goalie's name, uh, but I think they're relying a lot on goaltending. Vilnelka has been. He's Melka. not the starter right now. But uh, Ingram, Ingram, and Vilnelka have been uh, relied upon a lot in the Arizona games, which has been maybe about four, four total. Competent. But they do, they do, and they're hanging around. But they're just getting, they're getting outshot by significant margins, which which scares me a little bit. But oh, it's been impressive. To start. Oh, actually, I'll get to it on this change. Let's move on. All right, moving on to the, the Pacific. Pacific. All right, so Rusty and Arm had Edmonton finishing at the top of the Pacific. 
We've beaten Yikes. we've beaten we've beaten the floor down on uh, Edmonton all a little all, Vegas. All so this season. is pretty exciting. We're Let's not see if talk Sif has too the receipts here. So Jack's already talking about Vegas. Well, guess what? Rusty's LA Kings are actually the second best team in the league behind the New York Rangers in point projections right now. This is correct. Um, this is correct. So on a points per game basis, LA is leading the Pacific. Um, can I can I say one thing though on that note? Vegas has played 23, LA's played 19. So that's where I think you're seeing a little bit of that inflation on the percentages. But I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It could be. It could be the opposite inflation. That's, that's also go, true. That's why we go point per game. Yeah. That's also true. Maybe LA's on a 140-point pace. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. Anyway, um, Vegas, we all had one or two. They're, they're two. They're looking awesome and no real surprises there. We've talked a lot about Vegas. Don't need to go there. Vancouver, right? Surprise, surprise of the Where probably we have them all? probably the surprise of the year. Okay. Rusty, six. all three of us, all three of us had six. Vancouver, Anaheim, San Jose. One, two, three on the bottom in that order. Okay. Anaheim, Edmonton, San Jose is the reality. I'm glad uh, these receipts as Sif claimed them a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he was on them early. Yeah. Um, oh, on Vancouver. Vancouver, you're like my guys. Oh, I just, <laughs> I've like, just adopted. There's no the way Van- you had a preseason. No preseason, <laughs> I did not. Preseason, I did not. I just have liked them since since uh, since the the start of the year. And we've talked a lot about Vancouver. We have, we'll, we have. we'll get to a little bit more anecdotal Vancouver and loose change, but I mean they're awesome. They're vibing, and it looks great. Frankly, Pacific's probably only going to send three teams to playoffs. It's going to be Vegas, Vancouver, LA. That's just what it looks like. Edmonton is going to be the story of the second half. We're going to see if they can rally. But uh, we talked about it uh, last week, right? They're done for the one, two, three. The, right yeah. now, they're competing for wild card. Yep. I mean, Ed, 17 points, a 405. You no, know, I, I say competing on really on a talent and a rest of the season <laughs> basis, not not at the moment. But yeah. I've got some loose change on Edmonton as well. But. That wraps up our, uh, our our prediction check-in. How do you think we did overall? Start with Army. I think we're okay. You know, I, I you're never gonna get them all. Um, and uh, the one the one I wish I, I really do wish we had seen a little bit more from Vancouver because there's so many pieces there. Um, and talk it seems like a really good match there. So I wish we got that a little bit better. It was then, a vibe miss. That was a vibe miss. And then the other one was like the the wild. I, I think we could have looked at that roster and maybe said, eh, you know. What are we? What are we banking ourselves that this is a top three in this division? You know, and it's not that there's so many other contending teams there to like take over that mantle, but we're all on the wild. And and to be fair, this this whole Western Conference wild card hunt is going to be unbelievable because it's all these teams that nobody's fully sold mm-hmm. on. It's um, like right. right so, so there's just like this slob of teams that like aren't going to be. Like, I mean, Calgary's three points out now. again, right? Oh, so, it's, so, like, so like there's the slog of the mediocre, and then you've got fucking Edmonton in the mix. Yeah, it's just got to climb oh, the ladder through that slosh. They're trying to. So like that's going to be the story in the West. It, it seemingly is kind of like the one two in the Central are kind of pretty much. You know, it's going to be Colorado, yeah, Dallas. Good teams and then you are look good. At, uh, you know the Pacific, and you look at it, and it could be a little bit more of a, a race. There, I don't know if you meant that as much of a asshole statement as this sounded. Arm goes, Arm goes, yeah, you know the good teams are going to be good. Well, yeah, I mean those guys aren't going to be in the playoff hunt; they're in right, the playoff. Right, like, come right. on. So, right. Um, all right, little I, playoff. Uh, I'm going to hijack the recap checking. here just because I have it all in front of me. But standout teams of the year from each division so far. Standout teams of U.S. Thanksgiving, Washington Capitals, standout team of the Metro. That's Rusty's yeah. call. Um, Detroit Red Wings, standout team of the Atlantic, Rusty's call. Uh, Vancouver, standout team of the Pacific, unanimous. Um, St. Louis in the Central. In the Central. Or Winnipeg. Winnipeg. we got to go Winnipeg. we got to go Winnipeg. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I don't think there's much debate across those. All right. 
Well, that wraps up our uh, playoff check-in. U.S. Thanksgiving check-in. Um, thanks for stopping by, San Diego. <laughs> moving on, moving on to our always weekly returning. A uh, little, uh, little loose change. Loose change. Uh, Alex, I'll let you lead us off on, uh, on an exciting, you know, I think the week since we've last talked, we start, you know, I don't know if we'll necessarily go completely into the uh, the Global Series in Sweden, but, uh, you know, I think your team went 0-2 on that one. Or one and one. Yeah. Oh and two. That's what I thought. Oh and two. Uh, oh and two Toronto came back home and ended up struggling a little bit versus Chicago. They've now dropped two games in a row versus Chicago, which is a little bit surprising. But uh, lead us off with loose change, and you know I think you can date it back to. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about Toronto quickly, they have they're tied for the lowest regulation wins in, in the yeah. league. Yeah. Which is just surprising, but also not too surprising because like they choke leads and they probably have one of the best. They do have one of the best three on three lineups you can throw out there. Oh, and it was what's like f- twice over. What's finally finally happening is you're starting to see uh, some of these offseason additions. You know, Reeves finally got a, a sense of his role in Chicago, scoring a big goal. Took Seth Jones off the ice. They still ended up losing that game. Uh, Max Domi is finally starting to see his his way into this lineup. Uh, you know, I think the big the big story right now is that they keep throwing Maddie Nyes on that first line. It just hasn't happened. I, I don't know if it's a problem. They just not that good. like they don't play good hockey, and they have so much talent. It doesn't matter sometimes, but yep. they don't play good. Well, they're going to outscore their weaknesses, and it's... and when they get go like the Wings Global Series, the Wings were up two nothing. We're dominating the game. The Leafs decide to turn it on for the third period, and it was just like. How fast can this clock take? Right. You know, like it yep. was like they're gonna score if we give them enough time. Let's drain the clock. Is and you couldn't. They were just they were dominant. Um, so that's what they have. The question with Toronto will always be how much can they show it? And, and goaltending. You know, they got a goal differential of plus two right now. Yeah, because they don't play good hockey and they have shit goaltending. It's <laughs> yeah. obnoxious yeah. given how much talent they have because they can overcome it. Which loose change game uh, would you bring up with Toronto? Talking Toronto, Detroit, Toronto generally, but like the Toronto Detroit game was like a very, for me like such a like two periods. Opener. Detroit dominated. They only put up two. They should have put up more. And then Toronto, the third period, it was just it was a tilted ice to the max. Um, That's a little bit. And of I that. was just hoping the clock would turn down. Like I was hoping, you know, it was annoying. And frankly, I, I was surprised doing the doing the Thanksgiving playoff uh, to see Toronto's uh, point per game production over a hundred and like safely in the playoff mix. Um, I did a close watch because there's been just so much buzz and complaints out of Toronto, but that's just the market. Well, I don't know if you heard the stat, but uh, low tied for lowest regulation wins in, in the league with yes. San Jose. Yes. Well, so, so let me get one point to regulation. I'm with you on failures. that. Do you have any nice notes as well? I had a, I had a close watch of the Florida Toronto game Tuesday night. Either you guys tuned into that. So Florida, saw the overtime. Uh, not, bit, much, yeah. not much. Not so much. I watched it soup to nuts pretty much, um, and. I think Arm nailed it. They are so sloppy. Their puck retrievals are so soft and with zero confidence. Morgan Riley, my my, my, my Norris pick, <laughs> um, he's playing not that great. And then the rest of the guys, they've called up some AHLers to kind of fill in there who have actually been a little bit solid and doing a better job than you know some of the other guys Klingberg. they brought in. Klingberg's like the whipping boy. That's been a disaster. There's thoughts um, of Toronto leaving him in Sweden, but they you know they they. <laughs> They they mixed up Nylander with Marner because Marner and Matthews are on like a career record cold streak over their last seven games. Where versus Nylander, who started the year with what a th- I think like, he's he hit like, an insane. He's he's been the best forward in the league so far. I think Nylander, I think Nylander is going to be over hundred points this year. He looks, well, he's like, he looks his like pasta. He's playing himself single handedly out of 
out of I think Toronto being able to afford, or at least making a huge decision it, between him. Well, and now Marner. the talk is, do you trade Marner? Exactly. Yeah, and, just crazy. And if you wa- if you watch Nylander, like sometimes you think he's dogging it, but it's really about his patience and his hockey IQ and his offensive instincts. He just knows where to be, and so it's not about is he moving his feet. It's about is he getting to where the puck is going to go. Um, and he does one of the best jobs in the league of doing that with his skill set. And again, you mentioned arm, right? Just all the talent around them. But Florida, what I saw at a Florida man, it was, it was complete flashback to last April, um, in spring. They are just so hard on pucks and Florida's game is such a bad matchup for the Leafs. The worst. It's the worst. It's everything the Leafs are not, but they also have skill. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I thought that was abundantly clear. Uh, game ends up. Uh, game ends up being tied two two going into overtime. Um, I just want to get it right because somebody scored a late goal uh, to keep him alive. I want to say. F- I want to say Toronto. I want to say Toronto tied it late. I think they did. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because Florida got up too early, um, but it was just it was just kind of sequence to sequence of Florida being harder on pucks, harder on rebounds, and I saw Florida attacking the 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 Toronto goalie and. Yeah. Zero pushback, zero scrum. On the other end of the table, right? It's like anytime anybody gets near the Florida goalie, they're getting a glove in the face. Well, what's annoying about it is like they've tried to bring in players to solve that, and it's it's not a player thing, you know. I think I think it's a locker room culture thing, um, which is something that oddly I, I think gets talked about a lot more with like football, and not enough with hockey. Like there's a, like a, a dynamic within the organization and team that can't be brought in by a player, um, and Toronto seems to keep trying to solve it with players my thing with toronto is i you know remember i talked about how much i love their off season and obviously they've been producing but i'm officially out on max domi again so i've that that seesaw has officially righted itself um domi seems to have put on that that leaf sweater and just reverted to the guy i really didn't like up until his dallas cameo yeah i mean what you'd expect with max domi when he put on a leaf sweater like it wasn't gonna. He wasn't gonna play as well as he did everywhere else. He's not that smart defensively. He's too small to be physical. And when he tries to muck it up, like there was this sequence, um, he gets in a defensive zone battle with uh, nine and nineteen Bennett and Kachuk. Oh, God, he oh. chucked him with uh, with Bennett. Uh, shifts later. Um, so then they get into this scrum, right? Um, they get into this scrum. Domi gets called for cross checking Kachuk, which bit of a sell job. Um, and then Bennett comes in late, and Bennett gives him a shove, and the refs are in there. And then Domi, like, kind of sucker punches Bennett. Domi gets four minutes. <laughs> he gets four right there. Um, and it didn't end up killing them, but it was just, like, it was just kind of a classic example of, like, where the Leafs, like, when, when they try to be physical, they fuck it up. And then when they fail to be physical, they get pushed around. And, like, they can't seem to thread that needle. No. Um, the last loose change I have about that whole thing was, the, like, I mentioned the Leafs just being softer than the Panthers on all these on all these like battles and puck zones like all, all of these puck battles and basically loose pucks and like bouncing pucks and everything Florida does great around the net and in throughout the neutral zone and everything. But you notice Toronto did Toronto Toronto gets in there and digs for puck battles when they're on their power play. 
<laughs> they want their freaking cookies. And like Kipper, Kipper's all over it on, on Kipper Morning. Yeah. Like, and like, but it's just it's painfully obvious, and that's really frustrating. It's really frustrating because you got Sheldon Keefe who's been coaching the damn team for five years, and he's sitting there shouting and hooting and hollering, and it's like, man, you have enabled this whole thing to be what it is. He's got to go. Well, and I, they're on a hundred point pace because you can see what they can do. Like they have the roster to do it, and they don't. They pushed out. They pushed out Dubis, and they should have pushed out Keefe. It should have yeah. been the opposite. Should have been both. All right, really. let's you move on from yeah. Toronto. I got All a couple. Right. I got a couple quick hitters. Keep here. firing, Armour. Keep firing. No, we let we let Armour started it. Let him let him go. Just final closing thought. That entire game came down to a shootout that got instantly oh, played off, which was a great call. Right great no, call. it was an absolute excellent. It call. just was. It, it just was, was. It was a rebound. There's no uh, debating hit, it. There's no and ifs or buts. He shot the puck twice. He shot it twice. That is that is a shootout. No goal. All right, we're moving on. Agreed. Sorry. Yeah, I'm with you, Sif. We're moving on. It was on a great here. call. People honestly. call that a comeback. Um, quick, a quick, hitters on, <laughs> quick hitters around the league. Phil Forsberg. This guy is a tank. Uh, he had a sick OT winner where it seemed like he was moving twice the speed of everyone else, which included Ryan O'Reilly fighting for his life to stay in the zone, um, where he's like he's like shoving somebody off, like kicking a leg out, and Phil Forsberg just blows by the whole pile. Snipes. So I, I just got to give a shout-out to Philip Forsberg, a guy I've loved his game forever because it's fast, it's direct, it comes with a great shot, it's great skill. Um, oh, Nashville doesn't give him the market that that no, Philip Forsberg I hope, I hope they have. make the playoffs because I think they could be fun. Also in Nashville, Evangelista is really fun to watch. He's 77, right? Yeah, he's oh, fun to watch. Man. He's a really good player. A guy who got on that little wagon at the end of last year. Um and has continued this year. So I feel like he was he not your one of your guys' X Factor for this team. He might have been, like. yeah. But the team looks great, you know? So yeah. I'm all on it. So, I, I guess kind of sorry, Arm, before you go on, but add Nashville to the list. Yep. Nashville, Winnipeg, yep. St. Louis. Yep. We owe them we owe them some viewership. Yep. Totally, totally. And sorry. I've watched a little Nashville, but I will watch more. They're fun. They're fun. Saros is human. Don't so, stop him. He's on a roll. But I, sorry. Okay. Saros has not been good. Saros has not you been will good. Be, uh, the I, have, I have faith. Uh, next one, I guess kind of Roman Yossi light is what I'm calling him now. Michael Matheson. This guy is sick. Uh, and I know he might not be good defensively, but when he carries the puck, he's unbelievable. Montreal Matheson. Montreal Michael Matheson. He's <laughs> worth the watch. He's throw up in your mouth. I knew you weren't going to like this, but, like, the guy is a physical – like, when he comes with, like, speed, he can carry the puck incredibly well. He makes great plays, like, unbelievable plays. I knew you weren't going to like this, Ross. I don't care. Worth the watch. I'm, I'm you, sold on him. So small sample size, he can look really good. Get, check him out. Check check. Him I out. know he makes check mistakes. Check him out against tougher teams. He has some plays that are just like you can't teach. He's um, just such a, he's such a fraudulent like one two defenseman. He's I a number you. four. I hear you, but he makes plays and he's big and physical. So I, I like him. I was impressed by some of his plays that he made and. Uh, all right. Yeah, he, All he right. deserved a shout out. He had a sick like weave through the D goal that the I was just impressed by. The ceiling on Matheson's always been there, but he's playing for this Montreal team for a reason. That's true. <laughs> um, okay, last one. Uh-oh. Last one. Uh-oh. Something that could have been a full topic here: uh, the Kachuk bowl. Incredible. Oh, my God. Incredible. It just like fireworks all across the board. I'll just touch on a couple quick highlights. There is a penalty call where they say, Everyone has majors on the ice, in addition to other penalties. <laughs> Let's spend a minute on this. Ottawa, okay. Florida, for but, any so, of you that's so, not with yeah, us on uh, this Yeah, one. Kachuk Bowl, Ottawa, Florida. Big Kachuk's in attendance, and Grandma Kachuk's in attendance. Great clip. I sent it to our pod group chat of her just, like, looking on, like, 
what are my mm. grandkids doing out there? Mm. You know, more it, like more like I've seen this shit before. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like it was like, are you kidding me? But it's just funny because it's happening on a national stage, you know. Um, yeah, but it was a beautiful thing. A bunch of big hits. Matthew is like all bloodied up by the end of it, loving it. And he, and there's a clip of Brady chirping him from the bench. And it's just is there the any classic. mic'd up to that, or was it just? No, I, no I don't. Th- I think we. Would I don't think you now. can hear the mic. But you, I don't know if any of that. You can really understand what's going on. Brady's really doing his best to yip him, and Matthew's just like, ah, buddy, get out. Get so lost. He's in the Stanley Cup final last year, buddy. I'll see you. I'll see you. That, I'll see you in the seats for if that. That was one. a TNT game. How good would it be if the post game was Big Walt? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> should. They should have just brought him. Would have been so. Should have been like, bro, and grandma. All right, hold on. One thing I do want to spend a moment on: the referee. Everybody in the ice has a ten minute misconduct. Everybody on the ice has a. T- what you What do you think of that, Jack? In terms of just the dealing of everything, or how he phrased it, is I guess what I'm asking. The viral moment. What What did it say to you? They didn't have control of the game. They. they uh, I don't know. I. I think you're. It's funny. I, you listen to Jeff Merrick, who has a big issue with the guy saying "good goal" versus "goal." You have a goal on the ice. You have a good goal on the ice. You know you're. Kind of contradicting yourself on that one a little bit, um, you know. I think who's the guy? Wes McCauley, who's always the one who, who's got the the fun spirited penalty calls. Asshole. Five minutes for fighting, asshole. But uh, so it, it, you know, I think as much as it's kind of uh, personal, I think it's it's the game doesn't mind it. And you know, I think they're they're looking for these moments of, of trying to uh, find their rele- relevancy. And and I think you know, it's small things like that that don't get them into the hunt. But it's it's just. Things that I think the game doesn't hate. That's all. I don't see the ref getting a. But you, I see you snarling. Go ahead. Long bark, a- bark. Give me a bark. <laughs> <laughs> Long agenda today, so we don't have a full what grinds my what 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 grinds Rusty's gears segment. Everybody thinks it's cute to see the asshole referee go up there and say ten minute misconduct. Everybody in the ice. Ha ha ha! Isn't this lovely? Ha ha ha! That was a freaking pillow fight, man. Like like that was that was that was like a a, a very slightly above yes. average scrum. You had the, one the, guy drop. The, sorry, sorry. I, yeah, shame on me. Shame on me. The softness of the league and the softness of after whistle physicality. The mm-hmm. nobody dropping gloves. The sticks and gloves up. Like this whole post enforcer era thing. Like to me, that was just a moment that personified it. And seeing like all of the social media and all of the <laughs> like emoji, like crying emoji, ha ha ha, ha ha ha, ha ha ha, what a funny moment, hockey so physical, ha ha ha, it really chapped my ass because this flies in the face of the freaking sport. It's like, no, dude, like not everybody in the ice gets a 10 minute misconduct because that's a freaking scrum. So it's your job as a referee. And I know the game was a little bit out of hand at that point. The score was out of hand. It was towards the end. It's kind of a lazy move by the ref if we want to be really we under if we really want to audit it. But basically, it's a ref's job to figure out who's going for matching. Is a team getting an edge out of this or not? And who needs to be thrown out of the game? And not all 10 guys, not all 10 guys on the ice deserved a, a misconduct. So you know, like so it's just it was just I, I just I thought that it was it was reflective of the current state of physicality and it was annoying to me because holy shit everybody laughs like it's no big deal but it was <laughs> it was it was a, it was a pillow fight it was like this 160 shit, minutes of penalty minutes in the I don't know if it was a pillow fight <laughs> it was so no he's got it he is right about it it was kind of one of the it, you know the the scrum started after Brady uh, drive, drove the net a little bit hard gave the goalie a little bit of a of a stick tap three 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 or four guys caught a glove or a fist and so 
I think the reason you saw the 10-minute misconducts given out was because I think you saw the first scrap, things collided, they kind of started to get a hold of things, and then things kind of re reinstigated itself. What I was looking for in the penalty minutes and seeing what time time in the game was left is I think anything under five minutes, they're pretty pretty, uh, pretty much going to give you, uh, in terms of a fighting or a scrum, they're going to give you the 10-minute misconduct because I think they're just, A, trying to get the, the teams out of there. This is a 5 nothing hockey game that we're talking about at this point. Um, so it's just... And then again, you look at the instigating. Instigating is ten minute misconduct for instigating. You know they, you know the league is changing what they Jack, want. Jack, if you want to throw the fucking rule book at me, don't do it here because the nature of instigating means you can't call it on every fucking player on the ice. I don't disagree. With you. I'm just telling you that the game has changed. Don't throw the rule book at me because you're the wrong. The game man. has changed. Lazy, you can't deny that. I didn't watch the whole game. I just saw some of the clips of the scrum. But lazy officiating, assessing penalties. Two games like this that start to get out of control are usually the product of poor officiating throughout. Fact. Correct. Three, celebrity referee culture is completely out of control. <laughs> he hates uh, Wes McCauley. In the viral nature of this and people chuckling at it, honestly, if I hate it, it's probably good for the game. I hate it. Hey, we're already, uh, we're already bought I, in. I, I love we're already here. Benches. We're already bought in. Solazar sitting on the bench with the boys was pretty, yeah, was pretty was funny. Great. While I'm losing it, give me 30 seconds on the Dan Rudy performance in the matinee game between Detroit and Boston. Okay. Do you guys know Dan Rooney, the referee? No. He's from like Dorchester, Mass. His track record is every single time he's if refing a game. If you put his face in front of me, I would recognize Every him. time he's refing a game in Boston, he has a like, ridiculous track record. Oh, it's against, Scott Foster against the Bruins, of the NBA. Against the Bruins. It's not Scott Foster. It's just every time he's in Boston, he oh. fucks the Bruins over because he doesn't want people to think that he's like being a homer. He called the most egregious call I've ever seen in my life on an icing. Puck's coming down for icing. And we've talked about the fucked up icing rule and how it's nobody knows what the rule is anymore and it's completely inconsistent. Morgan Geeky, not my favorite player, chasing down the icing with whoever the Detroit defenseman is. Split seconds before they blow the whistle to call it icing, Geeky goes to do that like swim move around the guy. Uh-oh. He calls Geeky for holding. Simultaneous. <laughs> simultaneous with a whistle to go to, to call the icing. The most irrelevant call that had nothing to do with the competition of the sport. And the guy did it time after time after time. There was another high sticking in front of the net. Our seats, God bless, you know. Roger Matthews having the tickets in the 70s, right? We had a really good view. We had a really good view in the front of the net. Guy gets the most ticky-tack, shaft of the stick, brushes the chin. Lucas Raymond arm. Lucas Raymond starts to sell the high stick, and I had the angle on it. As he's as he's jocking his head up to, to you know dive the high stick, he's literally looking out of the corner of his eye at the see ref. The ref you were that close <laughs> to see that. Tenth row on the hash mark. You can see him go... Honestly, oh, no. we were on a line. You, you know when you have a seat like on the bench or like yeah, at a no, game, I, I and you saying. have the perfect line where you can see the puck go right through the screen into the net. I had the perfect view to see his pupils twitch over to the <laughs> to the to the official that was right on the glass in front of us. Asshole performance by Dan Rooney. Dan Rooney sucks, and also matinee hockey sucks. End of story. I'm done with that rant. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, I know it chaps your ass, and I you know it's. It's frustrating, but uh, this is a league that's trying to uh, trying to find a, a younger and, and more broad audience, and so I, I think things are things are changing. And you know, it's I'm seeing it at the youth levels of, of coaching. You know, I, they do not want hitting to be a part of the game in the youth levels. They don't want fighting to be a part of the game in the professional levels. You saw it in the queue with them banning it. It uh, the scrums, the 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 part of hockey that has been the unwritten rules and the unwritten. Uh, just know it's there is 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 changing and it's changing for the worst and that's just the reality we live in. Army, you got any more loose change? No, that's what I had. 
I've got a bunch. I need, should we be quick? Are we up against it, Jack? Uh, quickish. I'm not going to put you on a time constraint. Just one or two more. Give us yeah. one or two more because we have right. some other stuff to cover. Yep, that's right. That's right. We do. All right. Uh, I have a whole rant on the Salvation Army. <laughs> I don't know if today's the day for the it. The Salvation Army? I'm I'm at war with the Salvation okay, Army. Okay, like, yeah, save it. All right. <laughs> what? All right, we're going to have to get to that later. That might be an ad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You, you know what? <sighs> anyway. Table it. Table it. Consider um, tabled. All right. I watched a couple Vancouver games. Dude. Hughes and Hironic are like the best deep pair in the new NHL. Because See, uh... they don't play defense because they always have the puck. It's it, like it's just it's I, I'm really interested in seeing how it holds up come playoffs um, when things get tighter and there's less space to do these pirouettes and the fancy skating everywhere and like the puck management. And mm-hmm. You're just more likely to have a four checking stick, blow that play up and keep you in the zone. But for fuck's sake, do those guys keep it moving? Um, but really, also just with that playoff talk, like, yeah, two guys on you. If you can make a play out of that, you've, you've, you've got opened space. up the ice. Now they're behind space. you. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's one of those things. If you can make it work in the playoffs. It works incredibly well. So I was we talked about uh, just how Toronto plays totally the wrong way. And they one thing that stood out to me about Toronto is that like they never do the high glass. They never do that flip the puck out of the zone punt play. And like nobody likes that play. But like it's uh it's a break glass in case of emergency. It, it's like again, let's get a change, let's reset, do it so it's not icing. Vancouver, I, I I think they definitely coach it like with Sergey Gonchar and Adam Foote as their assistant coaches and like talk it just basically with like a mentality of like, hey, we're a really good puck possession team. We can afford to have some like panic dump out moments when we're feeling it. They do that really, really well. Toronto does it horribly. I didn't see Toronto. Toronto might have gone off the glass once in the entire game I watched. Vancouver, every time there was sort of a crisis moment and it wasn't like Hughes or Heronic there to like bail them out with some fancy skating and stick handling. They were extremely and even in even in a jam, like Hughes and Heronic were willing to do that foot play. Again, it's not a good play, but it's better than a bad play. Hey, you're talking about the NHL's new hardest shot leader ever. I think one oh seven on a rocket from the point. He's unreal. Um Hughes Norris, take the money if you're if, yeah, if it's still there, did take you, it. Did you get that futures in, by the way? I did not. I didn't bet it, no. Uh, bummer. Arm. Did, you did? No, no, no. Arm. I didn't. Well, Kill McCarr is right there, too. That's the thing. Yeah, but. And he's been banged up. Hughes has the, the hype. But there's McCarr, there's McCarr fatigue because McCarr yes. walked into the league. Totally, goes, totally. Obi Baker called her trophy. No, we're with them. Norris trophy. He's uh, won, basically. Uh, Con Smythe. He's yeah. won everything. He's won everything. He's swept everything. Um, all right. Really quick. Uh, I watched a Vegas-Edmonton game late last night. McJesus is back. Yeah, he, I think he's healthy again. I'm thinking he's back. I think he's just healthy again. Um, and it, I, I've got a big bit. Who, who's on termite this week, Jack? Armour. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna have to hold that note. Hold it for um, a week. You're up on. You're on deck. Late and clutch in that Vegas Edmonton game, there were a series of missed calls, and so the entire barn in Edmonton is screaming, uh, "Ref, you suck! Ref, you suck!" And like they they missed like three straight sequences of just like bad missed calls, and then. There is uh, instant replay review and a confirmed four-minute high stick on Edmonton that puts Vegas on the power play. And Colasar tips one in, <laughs> makes an awesome tip in, forces OT um, where... That must have been power play too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yeah. I mean, but again... Um, Vegas just rolling the depth, as always. And, dude, Haig, Haig is a... He, Haig's good. Haig is sick. Did you watch Cordjack? Uh, uh, Carjack? Yeah, on Edmonton. No, or, on or, Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. He wears single digit. He's like number yeah. six. 
Yeah, yeah. He, Did he, he look gets, good? Dude, he gets pucks off. He gets pucks on net from the point. He shoots a very tippable shot. I've and heard some good things about him. He, I saw some good tweets about him, man. so I, I haven't watched him yet. Oh, all right. Well, I don't need to get all the way into my uh, Thanksgiving ongoings, but I <laughs> watched a little bit of Lord of the Rings. Uh, the the way that they the way that they breed orcs. <laughs> He's one. It's like it's like Vegas is breeding these gigantic defensemen that do all the simple things and get pucks in the net. Yeah. <laughs> hey, White Cloud. It's like, like, it's like, like it, coaching or this something. This guy's coming out of that. I, it's scouting department. It's organizational. It has to be. But what's this guy's name again? Because he's number Kaden six. Caden Korjak? Korjak. Karjak. I don't know his name. I'm sorry. but No, no, no. But it's Korjak or Karjak. Like the that. last time I watched a Vegas game, he made the exact same play. So you're on it. And he's young. He's young. 22, something like that. Or less. Um, that was really impressive. Um, I saw more Vancouver dominance against Anaheim in the third. Uh, Yorkton, Canada. None of us, none of us saw that. Uh, none of us watched a lot of that Islander Devils game last night, did we? No. No, it looked like a fun one though. Three goal comeback in the third yeah. to win in regulation for the Devils. Yeah, it looked like a fun one. Big regulation win. Um, and Jack Hughes is all the way back. Oh yeah, yeah, he's sick. Yeah, that Luke was... Hughes. Look, I mean the Hughes brother. That's a that's a dynamite duo of brothers that are going to terrorize the league for a long time. Well, all three of them will. I know. I, but, but those together, two, yes. Yeah, exactly. Fi, 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 no fi, shit, Sherlock. My my final loose change bullet for today: being in the building for Wings Bruins. Good vibe. Clem Costin is large. He's a big man, dude. That is. We a, saw him in preseason. That is a true large. And he tucks in so you can see the like the the fucking ass really. <laughs> <You> know, <it's, laughs> There's some dudes who just have that to them. Baby got back. <laughs> like, it's a thing. Who's, uh, who's going to be the guy who, who kind of hits the shelf for Detroit now that Kane's coming in? Nobody. We're carrying three goalies. No, in terms of who's going to – like, is Clem going to find his way out of the lineup? No. Mm, I don't think so. I, I think it'll be – Bergen will probably go down, Bergen's going to go down. He came out because of Larkin. I mean – How long is Larkin out? Larkin's out a couple games. It's maintenance. Gotcha. I think it should be Rasmussen, who I've loved in the past. But well, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, you got an odd man out. Someone's gonna be an odd man out on that. I don't know. Fabry's got to stay in the lineup. I wouldn't be surprised if Kane gets kind of a Leo Carlson treatment. Game I, on, would, game I wouldn't be shocked by that. You got to ease him in. You I know, think they're gonna rotate that lineup and, and try to find it. But like, he's got to play top six minutes when he's there. You can't, mm-hmm. you, you're not gonna play him on the third line. Obviously, no, I agree. And you know, so. Raymond's coming down. Obviously, so it would be Raymond, Fabry, and, and Larkin. Yeah, I think Larkin's going to stay with Raymond. I think they're going to put Confer. Confer Kane to bring it is what it yeah. looks like. Um, loose change. Another great – actually, two weeks in the in the national for us at this point. I was going to say, we didn't cover a big percentage of the games, but you know what? Yeah, we don't have we don't have all day. And we don't want to keep you all day, but uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in as always. And, uh, you know, if you, you know where to find us, all social media is at Slotshot Podcast. Give us a follow, subscribe. Uh, give us a like on the, on the button below. Uh, but – Continuing on, continuing on from Loose Change to our newest segment created by the Arm Dog himself, Appointed Viewing. Armor, why don't you take us through what your your vision for this segment is, and and then we'll give uh give our little takes and, and picks for what uh what potentially what the uh what the what we're trying to do here. Yeah, so the the concept's pretty simple. I I look through the NHL schedule every night. You know, I'm always following scores, looking at stats, but uh, every week. There's a couple games that stand out. It's like this is going to be awesome. You know, this is a game that I like. I want to watch. Whether it's evenly matched teams, teams in the same division, rivalry, whatever it is, could be two up and coming teams. You want to see what's going on. But it's essentially just what games do we want to focus in on this week? And 
the goal is we're all going to bring one to the table. If we bring the same one to the table, that's not an issue at all. Uh, that just means maybe that is the game. Uh, but we're just going to try to give the viewers a game that they should watch. And ideally, I, I know for me, I, I get stuck in Red Wings. I watch the Red Wings and I miss a lot of games I want to watch, you know? Um, Helps when your team is shitty. Yeah, when your team's shitty or or you have an off night, like figuring out what game to watch. What's what's mm-hmm. the exciting thing? So uh, that's really the goal of this segment, you know? Get some get some viewers who are stuck in their own team like me sometimes uh, to, to watch some other hockey. Point out the games to watch. And Arm, am I wrong in evaluating your energy for this segment that it's it's equal parts great matchups of teams that you don't pay attention to and finding the spot in the week where somebody can sit down and just watch a hockey game yeah i'm hesitant to do friday and when i looked at it this week i didn't want to do friday or saturday i, I think saturday should be completely wiped off because we do saturday picks. And we it have can, our parlay, no, but it can be i mean if there is truly a matchup if it's a match yeah i, I agree with no that. Off if there's something you got to watch you got to watch it but right. i i personally right. am taking right. it but when you look at on a on a wednesday night and you see montreal and columbus you know that's it's just probably not going to be any of our picks <laughs> Yeah. Reasonably, yeah. Reasonably. I mean, it could be if you have some so, niche reason. So, since you, like you think math are the good. creator, do you want to go first? Do you want to go second? Or do you want to go third? He's got to go first. Yeah, I'll lead us off here. Okay. I, 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 again, I, I think we can all have the same ones. This is not a Saturday's pick five. Like we can all agree. Okay. Uh, eventually, I want us all to agree and pick one game. Uh, I'm going to go Sunday night. Probably one of the best times to watch hockey. Avalanche Kings. Avalanche Ooh, visiting the Kings. Sh- it's a litmus sh- test for the Kings. Get cocked, Rusty. No, but you can have the same one. <laughs> hey, you, can I guess back it, it. you can back it. It matters who presents it, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we're talking about the perennial powerhouse of the West, and we have the Kings who are looking like they made a big jump. Like, So this game, it's at 7 o'clock on a Sunday, which personally for me, Perfect. I typically am making dinner and I'm sitting on the couch going to bed early. Ideal. And I went ahead and I checked the NFL I schedule. to look. <laughs> Chiefs Packers. Yawn. <laughs> Much better product. Hey, better the, than Minnesota Chicago the, on a Monday. The, the only, the only, the only qualm I have with this is it's going to be a five p.m. game local on the West Coast. Sure, but that's not a this pure matinee. It's not a pure matinee, right? So it's seven central in LA. Eastern. That's right. Um, LA. I went to. I, I co-signed arm. That I was went the game to that I had mat- circled. That's the game I had circled. The NFL product sucks. There's only like two or three games <laughs> worth watching all every week. Come on, we all have a computer. You can split screen it. But don't split screen the Packers and Chiefs. Throw yeah, two TVs it's gone. Not, it's not 1970, right? This isn't Super Bowl one. Yeah, but I think this is a game that I will be tuned into just because mm-hmm. I think it's it, it's going to show. I'm excited to see the Kings play. Really, and I know what the Avalanche can do. I went this to be fun. a matinee game in in LA last year, and I think it was a one o'clock start on a on a weekend day in the holidays, and and it was a full and electric building, and I expect nonetheless from the LA faithful on a on a Sunday at five. It's kind of a great time for. A I game. think that's ideal, especially if you have a kid <laughs> who you want to bring to the. Yeah. It's a perfect game to bring your young kid, get him in bed by nine. <laughs> I, I mean, that's don't waste your money on little kids. Are you backing that pick, or do you want you want to? I've maneuver. got one on my sleeve, but why don't you go, Jack? Carolina versus Winnipeg. These are two teams that are statistically about the same. It's a little bit of an east versus west. This one's in Winnipeg, a 6.30 start on Monday night. Um, Carolina has had some issues behind the pipes. They really haven't found who's going to be that true number one. Freddie Anderson, I think, is hurt at this point. It's been Ranta and uh, Kachekov or whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously it's the Hellbucks show in Winnipeg. And, and the, I, I, it's a do watch for me in terms of watching a little more of the the peggers and and you know I get the uh, the addition of throwing in a, a tough matchup of Carolina so it, it kind of crosses two birds with one stone and I think it'll be a phenomenal game. 
So another little NFL conflict. Conflict no more. Joe Burrow's gone. Yeah. Uh, Bengals Jaguars. Yawn. You know it's you know it's a little bit of a different year when the Jaguars are leading. Get, get, get an eye. Get an eye on these two teams, Jack. I like the pick. Uh, one reason I, you know, I, it's not one of my picks is I don't love the interconference regular season games, generally speaking, because I think that there's sometimes a 50-50 flip that it becomes just one out of 82. Um, I think but, it's two matchups of the year, but yes. You know, and it, yeah, yeah, they do a home and home. And it, sometimes it, that, that's why I think it can be tricky. But I think it's, I think it's a good pick, and, 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 and I like it. And I think those are two teams to watch. And I'll be tuning in Monday night. You got well, you know, you know what we've got with Carolina. I think we, you know, yes, they haven't been where they've, we've expected, at least where I expected them in, in that division. But Games in Winnipeg? In Winnipeg. I, I think like this is it. a good, oh, like this is a good it. test for the Peggers. Yeah. This is going to be a good one. And I, you know, I think it's, you know, yes, out of conference, like you said. And, you know, I think baseball is the same way in the sense of looking at national versus the American League. It's a tough watch, but, um, you know, I'm excited for this one. I think it's a good test for their, for Winnipeg. And, you know, Carolina has got to, got to kind of establish themselves in this division. And, you know, you got to take apart good, tough opponents in the West and, you know, watching Eastern conference teams playing a Western conference style. I think, yes, the styles are a little bit more similar now, but there's always been a little bit of a difference between the way the two teams, two conferences kind of, play their game yes they're two good teams to watch yes they're teams that we should focus on yes i'll be tuning in monday night thank you yeah, better like reception pick, than like my pick, pick last week for my term id yeah, well, all right we'll close her out we'll close her out close her out all right so i co-sign on arms pick um i definitely do uh i will be watching that sunday night and not the terrible nfl product that's terrible um nothing's worse than the nfl product on thursday nights and Thursday night can be a big social night. So this isn't the best spot on the schedule for our listeners out there if they have things going on. But if you're a cock and you've got kids <laughs> and a wife and you know everything sucks, um, and you're a night owl because that's the only time you get alone now. That's probably most of our listeners. Golden Knights at Canucks. Tomorrow Ooh. night, Thursday night. That's one to circle. I've watched a lot of both teams, so it's not you know necessarily – New discovery, but it's a huge matchup. They're neck and neck in the standings. Um, I think you're going to get a great pump-up speech from Tockett oh, from Cassidy going, get the boys into that. going Cassidy reminding the boys, right, the Pacific runs through us. We are yeah. the cup champs. Mm-hmm. And Tockett saying, hey, boys, you want to see the big boy table? Guess who's the favorite? Here's your invite. Van at home. Van at home. Yeah. Minus 120. It's a close it's one, a, but yeah, minus 125, Van at home. Tough. It's a tough pick em. Which – what gotta look at what I mean, maybe maybe Vegas is minus a hundred or plus plus one plus hundred one ten already too many numbers for me but, but uh, anyways. yeah so those are the games I like it I like it I was I was considering Devils uh, Canucks I was looking at that game on Tuesday next week so there's like, also a Hughes Hughes sisters matchup <laughs> oh that would have been a ugh, I mean it's gonna be a little annoying on the broadcast but. well hopefully the moms in attendance all right so what's a, what's soon, our Jack? pick what's our pick for it you guys. I don't know how we decide this. this is our first oh, time. Oh, week. so we got to no, we got to no. Now I guess I we, pick, we, we pick one, one game that we want game to watch that we got to recommend. We seal and stamp for the Slot Shot Podcast Sunday night. Kings uh, Kings Fs. I, I, I think I we have Kings Fs. Kings Fs. All right, so we'll that's, what, that that's what's going to be. We're going to pick one. All right, all right. I think that's we'll fair. iron out how we do that process. It's right. a bit tough, but all right. Yeah, appointment viewing Sunday night. Love it, love it, love it. Moving on to the Wood Show, the termite of the week. Oh, has it been termite You know, last episode we had a great, great little field trip from Armour to the Chicago Zoo. I was coming off back-to-back on Sunday, though. Uh, sorry, sorry, Jack. Termite of the week. Alex is on the on the clock and um, eager. He's been he's been saying uh, he's had this one for a little while. It's someone that a pen, potentially has been talked about. So we got to first clear him off the 
clear him off the. You know, make sure no one's taken him before. But armor. I don't think he's a termite. Yet. Who is going up for nomination? Yeah. So a guy. Yes. I always I always have vibes on it, but then I do a little background research, and the background research checked out. Uh, (laughs) We're going Brandon Duhame. Duheim. Ah, Minnesota. Minnesota, fourth line, left winger. Um, Let's hit on some quick hitters of why I love this guy. (laughs) I'm going to save the best point for last, but first point, the guy loves to fight, and he loses almost all his fights. (laughs) Check the game notes, bud. (laughs) I mean, he just loses fights. That's such a great characteristic in a termite. Like, I know my boy Uncle Dano's listening. That was his calling card in the Saskatchewan Junior League. Was, like, most PIMS, worst fighting record in the entire league. And this, and this by the way, by the way, includes a fight against Barkley Goudreau, where he gets knocked down, gets up before the refs can get in there. It gets knocked down again. He wants more. <laughs> he wants more, and he lost again. But I love, the, I love the attitude. So I was like, okay, that's sweet. Then I saw a good fan clip. That's a soldier, not a builder. Soldier, yeah. 6'2", 200. Then I saw a good clip, a fan clip. He's not 6'2". But there's a fan clip of a fight against him, against Kyle Burrows. And the the Canucks are wearing those throwback, like, orange and black jerseys. (laughs) Good looking jerseys. Um, and he just gets knocked out. Like, but <laughs> out it's cold? Like, out cold? Like, it, no. I don't know if he was out cold. Not like, like on the button out. But like he he dropped. Okay. Uh, but the fan clip is right up on it, so you get to see him fully get wiped. Um, but he still gets going. He gets way too hyped up for anything that goes on. Completely. I mean, he he's fired up for every goal. Everything that goes on, he is he's yelling and stuff. Um, fourth line, PK1. And we talked about the Minnesota power play where essentially you're just a wall eating shots. So that's why they put him there. They're like, yeah, let him eat the shots. <laughs> and he's willing, you know, and able uh, just to be a body. Uh, good video I found on Twitter of him falling out of puck in warm-ups. <laughs> and uh, he's the first man out in warm-ups. And there's all the pucks sprayed out. And oh, he just Lord. skates just right on it. one. <laughs> Sails it. Oh. So I was like, nice. Good move. What a resume. I know. They just sent him out. But here's the real kicker. First NHL goal. Absolute beauty. He's net front. Drops his stick. As he goes down to pick up his stick while getting cross-checked, puck hits off his skate. Goes in. <laughs> just a beauty. Just a beauty. First NHL goal. Him, like, reaching over, trying to grab his stick. And as the net front man... One thing you really shouldn't do is drop your stick. That's you know a bad – putting yourself in a bad spot. You know people are coming for your stick. Don't drop it. And he does, but it <laughs> and was – And also the puck's coming for your face. <laughs> yeah, but it was beautifully played. I mean, he just stuck his leg out there, intentionally hey. directed it in. You know, he, smart play by him. So, yeah, do him. Uh, he's my termite pick. I like it. I like it. You know, in 2021, 122 pims. Last year he only played in 51 for 42 pims. This year 34 and 20. So he's on good pace, but uh, you know, funny enough, four goals, no assists, for shooting percentage is seventeen point four. Guy does not keep an eye on four goals, no assists. Dude, yep, he's yep. a builder. He and, does not uh, have the vision for nine and a half <laughs> minutes uh, averaged. Uh, you know, the guys, uh, the guys showing at least someone wants it in Minnesota. So I, I, I respect the pick, and I think actually you brought him up uh, last week or last episode. He was brought up him. in something about, but he was not. He was not. Exchange. He was not. Uh, appointed, and he has been officially appointed to uh, the nomination uh, list from Alex Armour. He's got the invite to the termite tryout. Um, I mean, what a resume! Uh, what 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 a pitch arm! Just just bravo, bravo. Also, I his, li- his line mate Dewar. Yeah, Dewar, totally, totally in that discussion. Two, you, you can confuse the two of them. Also, another thing that really sold me is there is a little bit of a meme community around him. 
because I did see after he fell on the puck, there were some memes, including him falling at like the Met Gala. So it's like the Met Gala red carpet. It was like Duhame after he'd slipped on the puck, just like down the stairs. And I was they like, the, link- fact, the fact that somebody made that shows me that. Oh, they need to link it up with all the Joe Biden falling memes. Oh. <laughs> That's the next Duhame. step. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's another uh, another absolute wonderful termite of the week uh, from Alex Armour. Oh. Bravo. We look forward to. Uh, did you do your homework? I know you did your homework on in terms of the the uh, standings, but did you do any of uh, the termite listening? Like we. Uh... No, we said we said before the end of the year we're okay. gonna we're okay. gonna we're gonna okay. set the list for January. I thought, but that's a lot of homework. I, that is I, a lot I, of homework. I, I did not that's have the thirty something plus episodes, boys. I did not have the bandwidth. All good, all good. Moving on to our final segment of the night. We know it's been a long one, but uh, we're finishing her off with Saturday picks. The parlay goes to one and six. I finally uh, dropped one. Ross and Alex did not. So Alex is at five and one. I'm at four and two. And Rusty is at three and three. Alex, you are on the clock. Oh, baby. This is a fun one. There's some good games here. I am going to go with, you know, so just quick insight in my thought process here. Do I go with the safe pick or do I make us some money? Do I be the money booster? You've got and... a You've got a game lead. I think you can get aggressive with it. I think I'm going to. I'm going to go with a little bit of a shocker here. I'm going to Calgary. I'm taking the Calgary Flames over Jack's boys, the Vancouver Canucks, in the Saddle Dome. Calgary's playing well. I mean, they've been playing well for a little bit. They have a little youth influx. They're fighting. fighting. There's going to be a lot of juice on that. And what I will say is Connor Zari winner. I always have to pick my my winning goal, Connor Zari. Interesting. I like... uh... I like the pick. I like the pick a lot. That's that's a pick of a leader, you know. That's me shoving out the back of goalie game too, because <laughs> I won the first game. All right, to continue it on, to continue it on, I think I'm going to take uh, Sidney Crosby and the kids beating the Flyers. I don't know where the money line will be on this one, but uh, Pittsburgh's got to get uh got to get it going. They're ten ten and one. And a once great rivalry. A once great rivalry that I hope will pick itself back up. And I've got Pittsburgh beating the uh, the in-state rivals of the Flyers at a 6 o'clock start on Saturday in Pittsburgh. All right. That's a pick. That's a pick. The two teams, I mean, very similar records with the two of them. Um, Philly's played one more game, won one more game. They're almost identical. You know, I'm looking at this, and this is one of those just fuck it, fuck it picks for me. Um, They're playing the second night of a back-to-back. My Ottawa Senators are going to be playing in Columbus on Friday night. And that's going to be a, that's going to be a game to check on because Saturday night they host the Kraken, so they're going to travel from Columbus to Ottawa. Um, it's you know it's six, six o'clock Central, seven Eastern. Um, it's not too much of a journey. They should be fine. If the Senators are going to climb out of where they are, like I've already doubled and tripled down on, they need to win games like this against teams like the Kraken. Uh, probably going to get the backup tendy. Uh, haven't done my goaltendy homework. I am going pure vibe with the pick. Should be some decent juice. And you know what I think is actually a pretty good call for our listeners? Maybe Chuck, ch- Chuck, Chuck the parlay on the boys. Maybe equal and opposite Chuck the fade on the boys. I kind of agree with that. That's the only <laughs> thing I was going to say about it is this is a San, uh, Seattle's in a tough stretch of hockey right now. They dropped one on Friday to, to Vancouver, they dropped one uh, last night to Chicago. They've got Toronto on Thursday. They get Friday off, but they're I think bad. they're going to be. I think there'll be a pissed off team that you're going to see that's going to be off of a three game losing streak in Ottawa. So that's the only thing that concerns me about it. But 
I like that Ottawa's at home. I think there's a little bit of a vibe, and we need Brady Kachuk to uh, to muck it up. I'm expecting a lot of pims in that game. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Uh, any final thoughts before we close around down, boys? Um, what a week for you. Fucking yeah, asshole. Yeah, Patty Kane. I know everyone's talking about the uh, Patty Kane to Debrinkat connection, but watch out for Lucas Raymond there. Patty Kane said he might get moved around the lineup. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Lucas Raymond. Took a, uh, yeah, I think he's all right. He took a knee on knee in the first, but yeah. I love that guy. Rusty, final thoughts? Not another thought. We emptied the bucket. We emptied the bucket. That's a good way to put it. Folks, thank you for tuning in to another absolute, 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 excellent. Oof adjectives um great episode of slash out podcast a hockey podcast we appreciate you guys tuning in if you want to follow the socials give uh give ross a follow at rusty pedroia give arm dog a follow at arm dog underscore ss give me a follow at siffy man if you want to interact on twitter uh like i said the uh the slash out twitter page will be uh is in under construction uh at, at this moment but don't worry we've got our instagram page we've got our youtube and we'll be going live with uh with our saturday picks our termite picks some highlights and all that on the on the social so give us a follow at slatshot podcast we appreciate you guys tuning in and we'll catch you guys next week for some more exciting hockey don't be afraid to tune in to la and the avalanche on what night was it sunday night sunday night staple center los angeles check some check some los angeles uh, california check some low uh, low unit on maybe the parlay as we try and climb our way out of a one in six record early in the season but um no ladies and gentlemen have a great fantastic rest of your week and we'll catch you guys soon